Good evening and welcome to the Slate Call Show. Tonight, sitting down with me is Susie. And you've got a new book out, one of 10. You're running classes all over the place. How did you get into social media, honey? Look, that, I resisted it like everybody else because I was busy being busy. <laughs> so <laughs> really, it's just looking at how can we leverage our brand? How can we get seen, get heard, get paid? get celebrated mm -hmm. for all the work that you're doing. So social media really allows us all to do that and having our clients get more exposure, right? I've been teaching business for 30 years. My passion. I built mm -hmm. 10 businesses, 10 multi-million dollar businesses to $10 million businesses, not my first rodeo. So this is my love and my passion. And it's changing. Oops, like, changing. <laughs> you know, 30 years ago, business, you know, we were sending postcards and letters and, attending dinners with very bad food to make there was no podcasts that you like yeah. trainings were an anomaly there was no youtube so you couldn't have training at your fingertips you had to go search and find it right <laughs> bookstores like that was our resource bookstores you go to bookstores to find out what you needed to do like yeah. i think back when i first started i would you know that was my weekends going to bookstores i need a marketing campaign go to a bookstore uh, right. i need to figure out my finances go to a bookstore Right. right. So I didn't I don't have a business degree. My business degree is school of hard knocks and keep starting businesses and selling businesses. So. <laughs> right. So what is the power of profits book? So the power of profits, it, it this like you said, it's my 10th book uh, published by Simon and Schuster. Uh -huh. And it is my journey to build uh, 10 million dollar companies. Right. right. How do you build it from start to finish? Right. I, no one gave me money. No one taught right. me how to do this. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I'm rogue. Right. I'm a creative. Uh -huh. My background is I'm a creative. Right. I was a hairdresser uh -huh. uh, back in 19, 1982. And uh -huh. as a hairdresser, did a quarter of a million dollars a year. And the average hairdresser was doing about 30 grand a year. Built right. one of the largest salons and spas in the country. We we're top 1% in the nation, top 10% in the world. And Paul Mitchell said, how are you doing that? Can you teach our salons and spas? Look, mm -hmm. and I had no idea what I was doing. I'm like, sure, I can teach them. How hard can that be? Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, I have a couple kids. How hard can that be, right? Right. So, you know, no big deal. Yeah, well, I wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it for passion, right? Doing uh -huh. it because I want to contribute to my industry and right. teach people what I had to learn the hard way. Right. And then they would say, oh, my God, Susie, do you have a book? I'm like, no, I don't have a book. I'm a hairdresser. No, I'm just sharing the good news, right? I just want to support you. And they're like, if you wrote a book, we would buy it. So I'm like, okay, I'll write a book. Right? Yeah, you know, I got time. So I have a, an off-topic question for you. Did you do you keep your cosmo cosmetology license up? Of course. Okay. <laughs> I can't pay retail. I'm too frugal. <laughs> well, no, the reason I was asking that was, you know, another star, um, Tammy Wynette, her whole country career, she was a multi-millionaire, all that. 
she made sure to keep that cosmetology license up. And I'm like, you never hairdressers know. Hairdressers are always hairdressers. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, right? Right. You, my dad always said, I have a plan B. So, you know, I'm a plan B, right? <laughs> I haven't done hair in 22 years, but I got it still. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. And you can still go in there. And the frost is a frost, whether it's a yellow, a blonde frost, or if we're going down to purple. Exactly. Yeah. So the book, does it take you step by step or how did you start into the process of this book? Yeah. So I really looked at, cause if students wanted to know like, what's, I'm very systemic, what's the system, what's the strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, now, although it is in a, you know, a sequential order, you don't have to read it in a sequential order. Cause what I know about entrepreneurs is you might have your marketing down, but your finances suck. Well, go right. to chapter eight and read math is money. Money is fun. Or you might have that handled, but you don't know how to sell. Go to chapter six, selling your products and services, right? So it allows you, because entrepreneurs were A, B, C, Elevant, Zebra, Q, or S, T, right? Uh-huh. So, <laughs> right? But then my procedure people, they're like, I need a procedure. I need it organized, right? So thank God you have a, had a great editor. She helped me really put it into, cool. you know, so the beginning is start with a plan, get the plan out of your head. Most mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, 90% of them, when I start working with them, they don't have a plan. They're like, oh, I have a business plan. It's here. Okay, that's not a business plan. That's not a business plan. I've got <laughs> no, a I use my business, business plan, plan every, what's that? I have a lovely business plan, but you know where it's at? It's in a foul box. Yeah, in a drawer. Guess <laughs> where it has been since the day I walked out of SBA? Foul <laughs> box up in the attic. <laughs> right. Well, I use mine every day, right? It's in really? ClickUp. So every single day, someone's asking for something. My bio, how big is our reach? What's right. our marketing strategy? Especially when you start dealing with partners, right? right. They want to know, you know, just like your bio said for you, we have 20 million downloads, 20 million listeners, uh-huh. right? That's a that's important to know. Now you'll right. know that because you know, but if my team doesn't know that, right. how can they communicate? So when do you get to that step of a team? When do I what? When do you you and your normal entrepreneurs get to that step of having a team? Um, it depends on how big you want to grow, right? So there's the solopreneur that you might be you and an assistant, mm-hmm. right? The first person I always hire is an operations person because okay. they're the tactics, they're the meat and potato, they're putting my funnels together. I don't want to do that. I'm like everybody else, right? Right. Mm-hmm. I know what I need. I know how to do them. I know if they're working or not working, but I'm not going to put them together. So your right. operation yeah. person, really, if you want to build, I, I help entrepreneurs build seven-figure businesses. Mm-hmm. Take your six-figure business, build it to a seven-figure, mm-hmm. right? And and the difference is a couple zeros, right? People right. get so freaked out at a million dollars. Although 1.7% of small businesses hit a million dollars, and that's a tragedy. It doesn't right. have to be hard. It has to be strategic. Like, what do I need to do to hit that number? Right. right. And when you know what you need to do, right, it's a certain amount of clients, right, a number of units that you're selling mm-hmm. to get you to that result. And pricing is a huge one uh-huh. out of that million dollars. So if only one point seven percent hit that million dollars, 80 percent of those businesses aren't profitable. Right. That's even scarier. But I, I have that, too. My first salon and spa, we did a million. We did one point one and we lost 70,000 that year. And I'm like, how do you have a million dollar business and lose money? Right. Dude, our pricing was off. Our right. pricing was off by $5. $5 times 300 clients times 12 months is $70,000. Yeah. Right. So we had to really look at 
what does it have to be like? No kidding. So most of the tactics that are in the book are from my failures. Right. To go, you got to know your base price. You got to profits plan for, mm-hmm. right? You can't just pull it out of your hiney and go, what does Susie charge? What does Asen charge? What does Bob charge? What does Sally mm-hmm. charge? And that's how we create pricing, right? right. Which is important. It's competitive analysis. <laughs> right. And competitive analysis, that's good, but your overhead and my overhead are different, right? right. I have a team. You might have a bigger team or a smaller team. You have to take all or no team. <laughs> <laughs> gotta have a team gotta have a team yeah well i've been i have an assistant who's here half the week they'll answer the phone for me but i think that as entrepreneurs we have one big problem letting go or we don't know what to do with them right yeah. the first time i hired my assistant i'm like what are they gonna do for me <laughs> yeah and that control, I'm I'm a control freak, so I'm with you, my brother. Right. Definitely, that that's a hard one to let go of. And you realize, you know, create a list of all the minutia you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the highest income producing activity only you can do? Right. And if you look at that to go, with, which is talking to clients, doing podcasts, doing some kind of speaking, getting yourself out there, networking right. partners. That's what we, as the leader and the founder of the business, can do. Let somebody else answer your emails. Let somebody else put the campaigns together. Let somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, follow up and do client fulfillment. Right. And to look at, but we're not trained that way, right? I wasn't right. trained in any of this, right? I went to college school. Not. And the reality, when you look at 15% of any business is the vocation we're in. Mm-hmm. So 15% of our success is just the technical work. So me now as a speaker, mm-hmm. coach, it's me coaching and training. The other 85% is how are we selling marketing operations, finance, and how are we doing, which most entrepreneurs, you know, stick a needle in your eye. You'd rather, no, I don't want to do that either. (laughs) You know, sometimes I'd rather read a spreadsheet and look at a marketing campaign, (laughs) go and talk for two hours to people that are like, you do what? Right. I'm like. Why did they, but why did you call to book me? Oh, we thought it'd be fun. And it's like, well, that's cute. Right. This is the package you built. Right. We're talking spirit guides to marketing people. Right. That's really interesting. <laughs> um, well, we look at that and we look at our ideal qualified client, right? Because a lot of people are marketing to fans. Like people who love you and they might see you on social media. They might see you on TikTok. They might see you on the mm-hmm. podcast. And But fans aren't customers. We've got to we've got to convert them from being, oh, my God, I love him, to the dollars, right? And the right. dollars and cents to go, let's make this meaningful. Right. How much is, you know, about 10 years ago, ever, our industry, Psychics, got hit with this. You have to develop your brand. You've got to build your brand. How much is it brand and how much is it personality still? Well, brand and personality really go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. right? So making sure that your brand matches your personality, because we've all seen that someone has a really sexy brand or a really high end brand and they show up and you're like, did you just roll out of bed? Or let's, let's face it. The reality is they look like a sixth grader built their website, right? Their brand does not match their image, their persona, who they are. So it's important. And we're judging moment by moment by moment. Right. Are you qualified to serve me? Are you qualified to deliver what you say you're going to deliver? The minute I go to your website or your business card and Uh it looks like my child did it, you lose Uh customers. 
Yeah. And so even even spelling, like that's not my skill set, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> even though I've written 10 books, I've had an editor because everything is an explanation point and a comma is when I take a deep breath. <gasps> okay, comma. Uh-huh. And my colon, who knows? I don't know where that goes. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's an important factor though, is we get a lot of people that want to write books and they're like, I can't spell with crap. And I'm like, text-to-speech is wonderful. Dragon saves as well. Google can now take voice command. Pretty soon, Alexa will be able to dictate for you. Right. That's why we have great editors, right? Because I'm I'm a great orator, right? I have amazing concepts. The minute I sit at a computer, my brain works too fast for uh-huh. my fingers. So I, I miss half of what I was thinking. So right. I have to have an editor that really pulls it out of me and puts it sequential. Because right. I would be, I am the typical entrepreneur. I'm going to start here and go here. And I'm going to start here and go here. When I first gave my editor the first draft of this book, she goes, Susie, you're cute. I'm like, what? <laughs> she goes, there's 10 books here. I'm like, there's not 10 books. She goes, well, okay, five. And I'm like, no. And I felt like there wasn't enough. I'm like, no, but there's more. She's like, we're going to do one. And then uh-huh. when we're done with the one, we'll do another one. Uh-huh. And we yeah. will break them down in pieces and sell them out in <laughs> packages. But you know how it is when you're with someone, you want to serve them and give them all right. the juiciness that they like. Oh, but wait, but wait, but they can't take it all. The people no. are like a sponge, right? When you get that dry, hard sc- sponge and then you put water on it, at first it just spills over. So you right. got to drip it in slowly so they can absorb what it is you're saying, exactly. which has been my hardest lesson because I want to give, 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 give. I want to show right. you my value. And serve you and coach you and right well, and I think that's one can't of the handle it it's on entrepreneurs is they don't realize how much especially if they're just you know walk in the office 9 a.m and it's go 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 gotta answer these emails take care of these calls deal with these clients this 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 they don't realize how much time that they're doing right and before they know it, it's midnight it's 1 a.m or right. worse it's 8 a.m and you just woke up with you know a blot across your forehead from being on a desk. Yes. <laughs> and we've all been there. That's that's yeah. a good indication you might need a team. Because we're trying yeah. to be the technician in the morning in the daytime and then right. run the business at night. And that you just that's burnout. Yeah. Right. That, and a lot of us, a lot of entrepreneurs are experiencing that now with the Panini. Yeah. Right. If you look at we've we're all working and we've had to shift our model so many times that you go cross-eyed. And the people that didn't shift or the people that went out of businesses, there was a stat um, in the SBA, 66% of small businesses went out of business in 2021, 66%. Now, the good news is, right, they probably should have never been in business, right? right? And so it level set everybody. We all had to start over. Even Mm -hmm. million dollar businesses that were doing that like clockwork, you'd completely had to pivot. To go, oh, and a lot of businesses doubled and tripled inside of the panini, right? right? So when we look at that, it's like, oh, what what am I doing? How do I do this differently? Right. And what I'm seeing with that is a lot of us that we're able to pivot and pivot quickly, we're already doing things and it's just like, let's just do them a different way. Well, I'm already yeah. doing a podcast. I can teach class right here in my office. I can do this. Let's let's learn Zoom. Let's learn this. Let's figure out what this is. And I think uh, creatives can do that. I think the linear people had a little bit harder time adjusting. They're still they're still waiting for it to get over. There were people that, woohoo, you know, I can, you know, stay home. And then there were uh-huh. people like, woohoo, day drinking, right? And it's like, no, um, why would we be day drinking? We've got money to make. Let's go. 
But some people, because they did get the stimulus right. funds, right? They just checked right. out. There's and now they're wondering what happened, what happened to my business, uh-huh. you know, because I checked out. Right. And then you have the pay tax protection program that came yeah. in there. What we're seeing now is a lot of those didn't even survive. Right. They, but they ran through that money. Oh, I, still have, money. I still have my EID loan in, in the bank. Like, I don't know what was going to happen. I'm like, I'm not, I'm going to have it and not right. need it, then need it and not have it. So right. <laughs> just precaution, precautionary, just in uh-huh. case. So what was your, you know, you went to teach the club, the, you went to teach Pearl Neutral. When did you step into the coaching role? So I had a training and development company, like once I figured out how to make money in this training and development space, but it was just in the beauty industry. We built the largest training and development company in the beauty industry, and we created the first membership site in the beauty industry. That was in 1998. Think about 1998. There was no WordPress. There was no Infusionsoft or ClickFunnels or Constant Contact or MailChimp. We had to build all that from scratch, right? I just knew they needed access. So I'm so such an early adopter, right? And so we sold that company in 2007 to Rickers Publishing. Uh Um, And I got out of the beauty industry at a non-compete at that time Uh and then started looking at what what else would I do? And in Uh 2008, the market crashed. Uh And so at that time, we had about 10 million in assets in real estate, our portfolio. And so when the market crashed, we crashed. Right. And my marriage of 17 years, right? He's who said he'd never leave me, right? It was too much stress for him. Mm-hmm. He felt he felt responsible because he was, you know, right. uh, it was all his responsibility. So he moved to Thailand. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like I'm out. I'm like, I want to go to Thailand. Like, well, what about me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so what felt like overnight, right? I mm-hmm. lost, you know, 90% of my wealth. And, you know, I remember just being on the floor bawling, thinking, why? I've been a good steward. I I took all the coaching. I was responsible, right? I didn't overindulge. I I gave back to my community. And those kinds of lessons, I I always look at what what is my lesson, right? What am I supposed to be learning here? Because I don't want to do this again. And I also felt like I didn't have 20 years to rebuild because it took me 20 years to accumulate that much in assets, Right. I learned we were over leveraged in real estate. Right. Heavily leveraged in real estate. So that was but you, I was younger. I could risk. Right. At 40. Well, like that, that was the old standard. Right. Right. Leverage buy your house, then buy your neighbor's house and keep buying houses because right. real estate's always real estate. And you always own the real estate and one can take the land from you. Right. You can when there's mortgages on it. Right. So that was the rug, man. Uh-huh. From under me. And as I was having my pity party on the floor, you know, crying, I was like, what do I do now? Because I I couldn't go back in that industry. And I had been playing in the entrepreneur space. I was teaching at this millionaires forum. And so I had two clients at that time, a woman by the name of Lisa Nichols. She was one of the top speakers in The Secret, one of the most top requested speakers. And then John Asaroff, who does brain science and brain genius and so those were my two clients. And I said, well, I'm going to do for them what I did for myself and just build their business. Right. So I took Lisa from 80,000 to 10 million, did a turnaround situation in John's company. And mm-hmm. that really gave me my, okay, I know what I'm doing. Right. right. You know, I, cause I felt like a fraud. Like, how do you, 
You're supposed to be this business coach and you just lost all your money. Well, the lesson is if, if you never can do it again, then it, then it was a one hit wonder. Exactly. Uh, but I have done it, you know, business over business over business. I've done it for 10 different businesses right. you know, at that time in, in 20 years. Mm-hmm. So, but it was always my business, not somebody else's business. We right. had coaching, but it wasn't the same as me owning it. Exactly. And so um, that was the, the precipice of going into entrepreneurship outside right. of the salons and spas. Because right. in the beginning, it was like, I don't, I don't know anything about being a psychic. I can't coach you. <laughs> and then you're like, Wait, but I love you. I want you to coach me. I'm like, I'm too scared. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's when I, I'll call God, right? Just keeps pushing you in front of stuff to go, uh-huh. you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Right. Here uh-huh. it comes again. Here it comes again. <laughs> Right. And, you know, and for, you know, for me, you know, and when I work in coaching, it's a lot of, okay, so what is A plus B? Right. What do you love to do? What's making you money? And let's see how we can make this make you more money. And what do you not like to do? Okay, well, this is what you have to do. You know, you have to be on the Twitter, you have to be on the Facebook. Yes, I know Facebook is now meta and it's dying. And, you know, we're going to have something new in five years. Right. You know, and it's just like, learn it, learn, you know, sit down and play. And something I get from a lot of entrepreneurs is I don't like fill in the blank social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you don't have to like it. You're not going there to like it. You're going there because your clients are there. But most people don't realize that, right? They're not looking at it as a marketing avenue, even though we all know it is, or okay. it's you, you, the biggest challenge my team has with me. They're like, people want to hear more about you personally. I'm like, when I'm off, I'm off. I'm not taking pictures of me going, Hey, I'm gardening or Hey, I'm rebuilding my, an office or strangest thing. Okay. My social media games on, but I will post pictures of like my dinner. <laughs> yeah. I will get more comments, shares and booked appointments from on your dinner. dinner. And I will, from the best ad, one of the testimonials of my clients, whatever, don't matter, post a dinner picture, I'll have an appointment before I'm done eating it. Exactly. It's so wild. So much more interaction. So I'm I'm always having to go, okay, just let me get this out of the way for my team and send it to them. And, you know, so that's the personality videos, right? Personality posts, personality Mm -hmm. videos. Right. They want credibility, too. So they want to see that you're credible and you have that experience. Mm -hmm. And so there is a system inside of it. And again, if you hate doing it, sell some more clients so that you can hire someone else to do it. Right. That's really you start looking at. It's not the highest income producing activity for me to be managing my social media. And people are doing it every day. No, use a calendar system. Right. Sweet or something else or meet Edgar somewhere where you're just putting it in there versus every day entrepreneurs are going, oh, I got to post on social media. Oh, I got to do a video. Oh, like, okay, no. Batch that crap. Sit down, do 50 of them. Great. Saturday, do 50 videos. Yeah. Or take something like, you know, we're going to reuse this. Be done with it. Exactly. Yeah. We call that batching. Can get it over. Exactly. <laughs> and once you write a book, everyone that's in a profession, I don't care what profession you're in, you should write a book. A uh-huh. book, man, game changer. I didn't believe that. But when I first wrote my very first book, I went from people not returning my calls to people now returning my calls. Mm-hmm. And a best-selling author on top of that, that's a whole nother game. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's really, it's important. It builds your credibility. 
Mm-hmm. It's an expensive business card, but a business card that you need for the credibility of your vocation because they're going to choose right. someone. You can choose someone that is a published author, best-selling author, mm-hmm. you know, expert in that field, or someone. Right. right. So it is that credibility piece that you need. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is book number ten, so there's something to right. it. Right. So what's your writing process like? Um, what I do is compile all the information. Okay. And then I put it in a three ring binder. And so from your classes that you're doing, like what's, you know, I write out 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. I write down the 10 chapters. Mm-hmm. And then in the 10 chapters, what are the five things I want to cover in each chapter? Okay. Not 100 things, five things. Mm-hmm. And then from the five things, what's the one story mm-hmm. that's going to make that chapter sink? What's the client story? What's a client testimonial? Could be your testimonial. Mm-hmm. And so that starts to write itself. So then when you sit down, you have the chapter, you have mm-hmm. the five things under the five things. So let's say, um, you know, I'll say business plans, right? You've got to do your sales, your marketing, your operations, your finance. So those would be right. the chapters, the, the topics in there. And then right. I would talk about sales. What are the five things they have to know? And right. then I would talk about marketing. What are the five things they have to know? And then sure. operations, five things. Because if you sit down and just try to write this book, that's where writer's block comes from. It, does, it doesn't just flow that way. Mm-hmm. So if you really look at, let me put it in buckets, and right. then the book kind of writes itself. Right. Then my editor goes through, and then she helps me make it sing, right? Because again, mm-hmm. I, I do not have the Queen's English. Right. right? <laughs> making sure that it, it's all making sense and it's all tied together. Right. So it'll take anywhere between three months and a year, depending on your work schedule. Mm-hmm. Now I've had clients that have done it longer, five years, seven years, but that's just procrastination. Well, I'm looking at, you know, yeah. in a real book, right? This is 300 pages. It's a, right. it's a real book, not a pamphlet or. Right. It's not 20 pages yeah. and stapled together. <laughs> um, and then do you, do you say go through a publisher or do you so, say self-publish? Uh, this one was Simon and Schuster, one of the biggest publishers. And the goal with this book was to get one of the big fives, which was Simon yeah. and Schuster. My previous books were all um, under my own publishing company. I started my own publishing company, mm-hmm. Carter Creative Enterprises. And I did that as because I got denied from the one publisher we had in that industry. Right. And they right. said, well, we don't we don't want your book. There was no other publisher in that industry. So I'm like, fine, I'll start my own right. publishing company. Not that right. I knew what that meant. But right. the, well, all that other work was self-published. Mm-hmm. And I would say your first book, you should self-publish. Okay. Build some traction, build some book sales. You can still get that book published by a major publisher because uh-huh. a book is sold by really how many books you can sell. Right. Right. When you look at a publisher, and no one's giving flavor of the time. Exactly. And no one's giving six or seven figure deals away anymore. We got a six figure deal for ours, which was unheard of. We got Lisa seven figure deal. For her book, you know, so, the, it, but it's all about the book proposal. The book proposal is what sell the book, not the, not the concept of the book, right? It's all marketing. Can you yeah. sell it? And how many can you sell? And what are you promising? And what are you going to deliver? And then they're going to write a check or not write a check. Right. And, you know, is it within what we're looking to stir the industry with? And we see this in Tarot. We see this in Crystal Books. We see this in, you know, social media books. I mean, come on. When um, the Thank You Economy came out from Gary Vaynerchuk, marketing books switch. I mean, it was like, I think he published on a Wednesday. By Thursday, there was 30 different books about giving back to your clients, valuing your clients, building that relationship, and how to do it. And I'm like, 
really? Okay. Well, like publishers, different publishers are different genres, right? Which I learned right. in this process. Right. Of like Wiley approached us, and but Wiley is really a technical right. publisher, right? Where Simon and Schuster is more of a a, a big house publisher. So uh, when you know you can't go to Simon and Schuster, they're probably not going to publish something on on psychic ability, right? Or no, spirituality. No, 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 yeah, they're just too, you know, linear. <laughs> right. I'm going to Llewellyn or I'm going to Red Wheel. Yeah. Or I'm going to Bamboo Press. You know, I'll deal with the agents I already know I deal with, you know, because right. we're in the industry and it's like, here you go. Or here's the deck of cards that have been sitting on the shelf for 20 years that, you know, are just right. sitting there. But let's take this smaller scale. Let's talk about the single mom that doesn't have a job, that needs to be able to take care of kids and run a business. What's her first three steps? Yeah, so I that's great that you started that way. That's how I started. I started bootstrapping. I was a single mom raising two little girls, and I had a bad picker. I just want to say that out loud. Uh -huh. The man I married, I had no child support, no alimony, right? And I'm like, okay, so all of a sudden, I'm now taking care of these two kids, you know, and had to make six figures. I lived in San Diego. So six right. figures is not a lot of money when you're in these big cities. Right. And so it's really about who is that ideal qualified client. I put a plan together, your financial plan. The mm -hmm. best decision I made, I remember she was $1,200. So it was $1,200 to either pay my rent or hire this coach. Right. Mm -hmm. So she helped me put together my plan. Right. Really getting clear on the demographic, psychographic and geographic of my customer because it was a brick and mortar business. Right. It was an online business back then. Right. And then my pricing, what should I be charging, you know, mm -hmm. in that community? She told right. me to move to a more affluent uh, community, but I was too scared. Right. Because I didn't think right. my clients would go that far. And mm -hmm. I started networking. Right. Just it's who you know, what you know, and how fast right. can you do it? I didn't have the luxury of not doing it and going, oh, my bills will be paid. No, if I didn't do something, I didn't eat. Right. Or my kids right. didn't eat. Or I didn't pay my bills. So you you can't have a back door. I see so many entrepreneurs have a back door, meaning they have a husband, they have a, you know, a, a uh -huh. maybe savings or another job. If you if right. you close that back door and you have no excuse, you have no wiggle room, you'll see what you're made of. Right. right. And I found out really quickly what I was made of. So that first year uh, being all on my own, my baby was six months old. My oldest daughter was 18 months old. Right. Uh -huh. So there was so little when I did it, had to pay for daycare, had to pay rent, had to pay rent in the, the salon that I was working in, you know, to make it all happen. Every dollar that came in, 50, 50 cents went to me, 50 cents went back into the business. Right. right. For my marketing costs, for you right. Know, to cover things. your overhead. The old, right. You know, the advertising, newspaper right. ads, right? You think back in the day, right? Like you said, right. direct mail. We were doing direct mail back then because I had to get clients in. You know, right. I had to get uh, 30 new clients in a month for me to make my numbers. Oh, and yeah. so I wasn't a math person, did not right. like math, but I had to figure it out so right. that I could take care of my family. Right. And so then you had to keep what? 78% retention rate? So we had 87% retention rate. Wow. So we have a really good retention rate. But that industry is easy too if you if you're doing the right systems, rebooking them and to a point. Them. To a point it's easy. Yes. You gotta, be good. you gotta be good. Gotta you gotta, gotta, have gotta know how to you gotta know how to talk. Well, and everything boils down to a formula, right? Right. So when you look at are you following the formula, right? And that's what we taught salons and spas is mm -hmm. 
quit making it. Are you having a good day or a bad day? Right. If you're right. going to rebook, you have to rebook someone. You have to follow a script. Right. right. You have to upsell somebody. You have to follow a script. Right. Right. Versus victory days. You have that victory day where everybody said, yes, well, you're probably in a good mood. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably everything was aligned that day. Right. Every the cosmos worked for you. And so but you got to create those victory days every day. And I had those too, right? High, high, low, low and go, what am I doing on these days that I'm not doing on these days? Right. right? You have a really good day. The next day you're like, I'm tired. I got to lay down. Right? Uh-huh. And go, oh, so started scripting what, what I was saying on those victory days, uh-huh. right? To really reverse engineer right. what I was doing to get every client to say yes. Right. And then documented it. And people are like, well, how are you doing that? Here's how I did it. It's, you know, we call it the need analysis to find the need, fill the need, find the need, fill the need, which is classic sales training. But back in the day, I didn't, I didn't know that. I was just like, what am I doing? They don't teach that in cosmetology school. They don't teach that in in psychic school. No. You know, and now it's even worse. You got to have hashtags and keywords and you got to have this, that, and another. And it's even more than just, here's a microphone talk. Right. You know, here's a client, analyze them, sell them up, get them sold. You know, you got terrible hair quality. Let's put you into this shampoo, this conditioner, and I'm going to show you how to do your hair in 20 minutes or less. Right. Well, it's also seeding the next appointment, right? So when you're doing a reading, you want to seed that next appointment to Mm -hmm. go, let's unlock this next or, you know, let's do this next or, you know, what was the value of this and how, how could it be beneficial to you to do it again? Because some people, like you said, that event, oh, we thought it would be fun. Okay. But it's also a really good strategy. So how can you use this in your business, in your life? You can have the results you want to unblock all that stuff that you need to unblock. Right. So I grew up in that world. My mom was, you know, she loved, reading tarot cards and loved going to psychic. So we, as little kids, we were always at the psychic oh, yeah. tent, and, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, you came up in California, honey. Last time I was out to LA, I'm sorry, there's one of me on every corner with better signage than I get in this state. There is. <laughs> but I think now, culturally, everyone's being a little bit more open. People are looking they are. for spirituality versus church, right? Because the church is dysfunctional and they're going, wait, I'm spiritual. What does that mean? So there's this new inquiry and we, and right. we should, everyone in this industry should leverage that to go, here's this new inquiry. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. And cause I think people still put it in woo woo, right? Mm-hmm. I have a theta healer that I use every month and she right. just blows open what happens versus therapy. Like therapy is great, but yep. she just blows the lid off. Cause we get to this higher level mm-hmm. you know, when I first started working with her, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this is, but man, I had some breakthroughs. Right. Quicker, faster. Cool. Very cool. Um, and that's, that happens when you make a great connection. And you said something a minute ago, and it really resonates in our industry. Not every client is your client. Yeah. And all money is not good money. <laughs> no, all money is not good money. You know, a problem that I've been fighting in this industry for a very long time is networks that pay you like 25 cents a minute. It's like, right. uh-uh. Right. That's like doing supercuts, honey. Let me try right. English, you know. That's like doing supercuts. Right. Well, and sometimes when you think about it, you might have to do that stuff short term to get to your long term, right? Give you some quick exposure, get right. you in a lot of experience so that you can really test your genius. I think we've all done stuff like that. Right. You know, and then you're like, okay, I learned a lot, but that's not me. You know, right. until, what, what can I learn inside of the season? So I don't think right. it's necessarily right. bad. It's like, are you leveraging it? Don't get stuck there. 
especially mm-hmm. when you're first starting out, what, what's that path for you? Because again, no one's going, here's the path, right? Let me oh, show you how to build this business called Psychic. Right. <laughs> I don't no know if y'all have a business school like that, right? Oh, <laughs> we technically do not, although somebody <laughs> may be developing some courses. <laughs> but it's so important, right? To be able to speak that language, to be able exactly. to, you know, here's what you do. And I'm a testament to that, right? The only reason I'm successful is because I've done it 10 times and I've built two $10 million companies and $7 million companies to go, just do this, right? Or not that. Follow this formula. And right. I've also been bankrupt. I've also had businesses fail. So it's not just high, high, right? Okay. But it, so you learn just as much. $7 million companies and the two $10 million companies. What was your worst business decision you ever made? The hardest million dollars I ever made, I will tell you that, was the online business in 2000. Because okay. we were such early adopters. Mm-hmm. And in that industry, I did only 53% of the industry was using computers at that time. Uh-huh. And so I had to teach them why they needed this membership site and uh-huh. then why they needed to use a computer. <laughs> right. It felt like every month I was trying to just save them from hanging themselves. Like, no, nah, I don't use that. Like now, pretty much everybody either uses their phone as a computer or they're using a computer as a computer. Or they're running their business that way. Mm-hmm. So that was the hardest million dollars. I will say right. that. Some of the stupidest business decisions I made was partnerships. You know, I was too scared in the beginning mm-hmm. to go out on my own. And, I, you know, I had some great friendships. And the, the first one that comes to mind, she was an amazing salesperson. Mm-hmm. I had all the content, right? right? But I was still nervous to sell back then. I wasn't as comfortable as I am now. And, you know, new in business. And so this partnership, it ended up, she ended up being bipolar, which I didn't know. Right. right? In the experience of knowing her, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with someone who's bipolar, but it oh, yeah. truly is high, high, low, low. Mm-hmm. Right? And now, because that industry is full of it, but I didn't know, right? Right. And so, you know, we didn't have everything in writing, Right. Um, I didn't have my assets protected. So she literally took all my assets, repackaged them, made them her assets. So I created my biggest competitor. Ah. And then I went and did it again, right, with somebody else. Because again, just too nervous to do it on my own. Right. And she went into a different industry. So she didn't take any of my stuff. But that first mm-hmm. one, she's still doing it today, right? And I'm, right. Every time I hear her name, I just want to spit. <laughs> but that was my naivety, right? I was the dean. Right. I didn't have contracts. I uh-huh. had to protect my assets. Nothing was copywritten, but I didn't know, right? I was 25 right. years old. Right. right. What do you know then? Nothing. You make those business decisions. I think, you know, the worst one I ever done was signing with a company in India. Right. Oh, international psyche. Yeah, I am an international psyche. Okay, well, we'd like you to read for India. Great. You're going to, oh, we'll have to pay you in rubles. <laughs> okay. The conversion. I got a lot of millions, but that doesn't mean anything to the rest of us. Right. I have a company that we run in Singapore. And so uh-huh. I'll get the PL and I'm like, oh, okay. Because they're in pesos, right? In Singapore. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, that's not a lot of money. <laughs> right. Like that is I'm like, wow, we had a great money. month. Oh, okay, no, wait, let me convert that. <laughs> Let me get, let me get the converter out, and then let's wait to the. Th- and I think I figured out it was like the third week of every month is when I would cash out because their money is higher. Yeah. Comparative to the dollar than at the first of the month for some reason. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's kind of like Brazil, right? Uh-huh. Brazil, they have to every day. They're like not trading my money today, not doing it. Today. Nope, not buying that today. Like they're looking yeah. at 
right? Yeah. The value every day. It's like, oh my God, that's stressful. And I was like, mm. I think I kept that that contract for like 90 days. And I was like, nah, we can't continue this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's hard. Well, my, my, training, hey, it's time to stop this. my training business was called Salon Training International. And I remember the first time a French company came to me and said, oh, do you have trainers who speak French? And I'm like, I do not. Uh huh. We can get a translator. They're like, you're an international company. I'm like, I will find somebody. Exactly. <laughs> Again, naive, right? You create this name, and all of a sudden, yeah. the demand is there. Like, oh, what other languages do you teach in? Spanish, French, uh -huh. German, English. <laughs> English. Which I'm going to say this as an international reader. I get better English speakers out of countries that I would like France. My, mm -hmm. you know. South American customers, because I only speak English. Right. They speak better English than I do. Okay. Right. I know I've got Southern all the way through my English, but they speak very good English. So I wouldn't find that to be a major issue. Did you? <laughs> well, when we went to uh, Taipei, uh, a very political client, climate, and we had an interpreter, and we couldn't say things because there was the military in the audience. So if you do anything that seems like you're Rally, rally, rallying the crowd to okay. like for a movement and especially uh -huh. any kind of spiritual movement or mm -hmm. you know godlike thing. So we were mm -hmm. <laughs> the interpreter was great. He goes, if you say anything like that, I'll change the word, right? So that right. you're not going to get in trouble. Right. But then we did this. Uh, so the book that we were launching back then was called No Matter What, and right. it, it was Bura Hura was mm -hmm. No Matter What. And right. so the trainer I was training with, she's pointing to the sky, boo, rah, hoo, rah. They all get on their chairs, boo, rah, hoo, rah, right? They're all no uh -huh. matter what. And the and the translator's like trying to shut it down. They're like, you got you got to shut this down. This looks like uh -huh. a movement. This looks like, yeah. like, oh my God, we're going to be put in jail in a foreign country. <laughs> so those things you just don't know, right? right. When you, when you travel you have to do learn. business international. Right. It's like um, when I have a client in... Um, China, we cannot talk government or politics. No. At all. And they will try. And it's like, mm, honey, I'm not talking that with you because you are, I like having you as a customer. <laughs> I'm not going to jail for anybody. Orange is not the new black. Well, not only that, but you're not going to jail either. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, because there is a double situation. Right. Um, but you don't know, right? When you start thinking, oh, I want to do international business, there's a right. lot of decorum that we have to follow that you're either going to learn the hard way, like boo rah hoo rah, uh -huh. <laughs> and the military comes after you, right? Or you learn from trial and error, right? They also said, don't make eye contact. They're like, we, we need you to be very presidential. We're like, what the hell does that mean? Look above their heads. Well, we're Americans. We don't look above people's well, heads. That's rude. We're going to make eye contact. Dude, the minute you made eye contact, they, it was like permission to come into your space. Right. And whoo, they mobbed us. Like people were uh -huh. literally fainting. Uh huh. Like, it's a, a, we're nobody. <laughs> it's yeah. like fainting and passing out because they touched us. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh my God, this is different. <laughs> yes, it's very much is. And it's getting into that energy. So I got a different question for you. What's your morning routine? Ah, so I live in Oregon. And right now I moved, I just moved and I live on a river. And so I get up, I do my prayer, my meditation and look at the river. Um, and then I spend time with my man and then I call my kids and have conversations with them. Then I get ready for work and then I come into work and that first 30 minutes, 
I'm in my email, prioritizing what needs to get done, and then I'm into my day. Okay. And so, um, and then I'll exercise, right? So we have, a, I have a Peloton, so that's my new favorite thing. Um, but I don't do that every day, right? That's every other right. every, every day. <laughs> I'd like to, but I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm I yeah. don't do it every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I've seen that. I've seen the Pelotons, and you know, a lot of my customers have them, and I'm like, don't get on that every day. You oh my god, I love come it. Out of your office chair because you'll be stuck there. Right. You know, when people get something new, they want to do it right through, all the way through, hard, hit hard. And I'm like, no, you need stability. You need to have that longevity built up there. Right. Yeah. So you've got a class, um, a seminar coming up this weekend. We do. It is a profit planning wealth creation seminar uh, Friday okay. from uh, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 3 p.m. I found that we, everybody with the panini, <laughs> They have panini fatigue, financial fatigue, Zoom fatigue, right? So we're like, how do we, again, give our clients what they want, right? So our clients really said, we usually, we used to do three days and they're like, we, we, we love you, Susie. And we don't want to do three days. Like, okay, right. well, let's pivot it. Um, so uh, you can go to our website, suzycarter.com. It's right on the homepage. Um, and that's C-A-R-D as in dollar dinero, delicious E-R, right? It's right. so Susie Carter. My social media handles the same way. So you can find us there right. as well to really see. And it's all about day one, day one. The first part of the morning, we look at your, the money, right? So you have a financial blueprint. Mm -hmm. And then mid morning, we look at uh, what is your offer and how do you package it? Most people are packaging their offers too low because mm -hmm. there's so many marketers out there going, just sell the low hanging fruit. Well, you don't have enough leads in your database to sell the low hanging fruit, Right. You don't have enough. You know, if you look at a ninety nine dollar or some people are doing seven dollars, do you know how many seven dollar things you got to sell to hit a hundred grand? You got to sell fourteen thousand seven dollar things to hit a hundred grand or you could sell ten ten thousand dollar things. Mm -hmm. Right. A year long package, whatever that is, and mm -hmm. still meet your hundred grand. Right. And then you multiply that, whether you want to do half a million, a million. So right. we take this thing and make math fun. And then the last part of the day is all about where is that ideal qualified client? Where are they at? How do I find them? How do I attract them? Who is that for me? Because uh, everyone's different. Right. Right? I don't know about you, but I'm done pushing people uphill. Either you're coming to me and you want, you want what I have, but I'm not going to convince you how great you are. I'm not going to convince you that you need this. You either know and you're going to do the work and get it done. And you can swipe the credit card. Right. <laughs> See, let's back this up because I do a little different. Mm -hmm. You come to me because you know you want my services. You yeah. swipe that credit card and then we talk. Exactly. You know, <laughs> because I don't know. I've never hunted for business. That's I've awesome. Business come to me. Now I'll market social media market pro, you know, feedback, all that. Here's, you know, the videos, this, that, and another. Oh, this is a new platform. Let's go check it out. But I've, the, my weakness in general has always been, hunting, trying to convince someone they need a reading because they don't need a reading then. No. Right. Well, in business, like people think there's a sprinkle fairy dust, right? They're uh -huh. like, oh, let's sprinkle fairy dust. It's going to happen. <laughs> no, you got to do the work. It's not yeah. just, this doesn't magically happen. You got to actually do what I say to do. I always tell my clients, do what I say you're going to do. You can have miracles, right? I had Melissa who came to me one hour coaching. She did $123,000 that weekend because she had the system. Wow. Right? My client Ozimba, 
We had a um, two-hour session, helped him put his proposal together. He closed a half a million dollar contract with the city of Ohio, uh-huh. right? So it, when you know what to put in place and when you know what order to put in place, it's just uh-huh. about strategy and systems. Right. And so people just don't know. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years in every industry imaginable. Uh-huh. And so when I look at it, it's like, oh, don't do that. Do this. And business is business is business, right? Whether you're reading right. tarot cards, whether you're selling, you know, books, right. social, business media, business business. social media, the bank talks to you the same. I don't care if you got $10 in your account or 10000 Right. Yeah. Um, so what has been your weirdest business coaching situation? Your weirdest business you've coached people through? Oh, the weirdest business. I will give you the weirdest business. So I had this kind of like a Lowe's, right? So think about a hardware store. Mm-hmm. And so again, I don't know anything about hammers except for when I need to hang a picture. Right. And so in the middle of the hardware store, so they have this hardware store. The hardware store um, was doing about a half a million dollars. And in the middle of the hardware store, the mom didn't want to sell hammers. So she sold diamonds and not cheesy diamonds, nice diamonds, right? Real diamonds. Right. And so in the middle, the diamond store was doing two million. The hardware store was doing a half a million. Okay. And so when I met the company, I met uh, his name was Barry. He said, "I think we want to pull out the um, the jewelry store and put it in an anchor place." Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, "No, no, no, hold on." Mom was brilliant because men aren't comfortable in high end jewelry stores, right? Huh. It's, they feel pressured. They they feel like they got to drink different. But in a hardware store, and she knew everybody in the community, right? Because the business right. has been there for 20, 30 years. Right. And so she'd be like, hey, Bob, it's your anniversary. What are you getting her? You need to get her this watch, right? She had really nice watches and really nice diamonds. Right. And, you know, so we kept the hardware store, the hardware store and the diamond store together and took it to 10 million, right? Uh-huh. By really leveraging and putting marketing systems in place, right? Building a database, because it was all mom in the beginning, like, oh, she knew everybody by name, they didn't really have an aggregated database, and just putting systems in place to be able to double, triple their business. So that was the weirdest one, outside of the wild animal park, that was pretty weird too, like like a wild animal park, I know nothing about a wild animal park, right? So, like, had to figure out how much to charge, and where's the revenue streams, and, Mm -hmm. you know, We did do, um, you know, a sex online couple, right? She sold sex. And so Mm -hmm. their coaching became more personal coaching because she never wanted to have sex after work, which I understand she's having sex all day long. The last thing she wants to do is have sex when she gets off. And that's a very difficult business situation. Very difficult. And he was very rigid Catholic, grew up very rigid Catholic. So he was open-minded, but not open-minded. Yeah. So finally, I'm like, you guys. I mean, we doubled their business, right? We, right. Um, and the, but the reality was they needed a therapist, right? You guys need right. a therapist. Like, I'm not a therapist. I do a lot of personal development, but I'm not a therapist. You guys have right. some stuff you got to work out. So right. that was an interesting business, like coming up with campaigns and incentives for the customers because <laughs> they that do a lot of prize interesting. <laughs> That would be superiorly interesting. So my man gave me some good prizes, right? Because they wanted to give an iPad away. And he goes, nobody wants her iPad. They want her underwear. I'm like, oh, my God. That's so true. (laughs) Right. I mean, and it's because of, and I'm going to put it to you this way. It's the industry and getting to know a little bit of the industry to get into. Um, At least for me, it's like right now I'm looking at an avenue. 
And it's like, I know that one back and forth. I can do that one. I just don't right. know if I'll, you know, and this is a decision that's, it's for the audience, but also when do you know to open the next business? Is When do I know to when to do the next business? Yeah. So it's when the opportunity arises, right? Okay. So now instead of trading time for dollars, I invest in the companies that I'm coaching uh-huh. and so that I'm partners with them in their company. Because okay. you know, I would build these companies to five, ten million dollars and walk away. I got paid very well. Right. right? I spent years building them and building the infrastructure. Okay. And so there's I think the opportunities always around you. Are you seeing it? Are you open to it? I'm always open to it. Uh-huh. The harder part is to say no. Right. Like I had three business opportunities, you know, at the first quarter that I had to say no. Right. Uh-huh. I was like, to turn that company around, you can't pay me enough. You can't pay me enough to do it. And then the rev share wasn't big enough for me to risk. So the harder thing is to be able to analyze it, to go, "Mm, not going to make the money. And when you've been doing business for a long time, it's it's like being a parent. They go, oh, you want to have another kid? Oh, hell no. It's like, do you want to open another business? Oh, hell no. Uh (laughs) When I sold my company, people were like, why don't you just open another business? Uh, No, because I don't want employees and I want. Right. So I ran Lisa's business for 10 years, right? uh-huh. which was, you know, I, I got 10% of the company. That was great. Got compensated very well. Still have percentage in the company after uh-huh. I left, you know, so it was a great ride. And then 10 million is kind of my sweet spot. After that, it gets too corporate. It's uh-huh. not fun for me anymore. I like the entrepreneurial stage where we're building and creating and building and creating, uh-huh. and, you know, keep making money. And how do we make more money? And how do we serve the client? What's client fulfillment? At right. 10 million and above, it's really system structure, system structure, right? Accountability uh-huh. and more employees. And right. That's, and that's when, like, you don't, that's when you're no longer building a business. You're just, in my opinion, keeping it alive. Right. You know? And it's it's like, not as fun. You don't have those quick wins. You have longer wins, right? It's a bigger right. ship. But I like the quick wins and the results that clients get and the fun about that. So uh-huh. that's the fun part for me. It's got to be fun or I don't want to do it. Right. It's got to be fun. I got to make a lot of money or I don't want to do it. Right. That's right. the end of the day. Like this is what we're doing for a livelihood. A, right. a business is supposed to give us a lifestyle. A job cannot. And 80% of entrepreneurs are doing less than 100 grand a year. That's gross. Yeah. Right. So go get a job. You can make hundred grand anywhere. Right. right. Well, it's like a lot of you know, a lot of um, entrepreneurs are really looking at the new pay structures and going, what are we doing? Right. What are we doing? You know, hitting a hundred, five hundred, hundred thousand dollars in a right. year. And half of that's going into infrastructure and maybe even more. Right. You know, the other just, third yeah. of that's going into taxes. Right. And then, you know, you get, you know, the family, the kids, the wife, the dog and all that other stuff that requires a salary. Right. <laughs> and we're always the last to be paid, right? Or the first to get axed if something comes up. And exactly. you know, so you, you've got to be able to ride that wave. And if you don't like that, if that's too stressful, entrepreneurship is not your, your gig. There's already, always somebody willing to pay you for your skills and your talents. Mm-hmm. Right. Very so you, so. you just have to look at that and go, oh, if I don't love that business side of it, how can I just do my genius? And there's right. nothing wrong with having a job if it, you know, especially in creative industries, because we're either getting commissions or, you know, you're writing your own right. paycheck and how right. hard I work is how much I get paid. So Exactly. And, you know, and that, and it's important to realize that there are those out there that are not entrepreneurs. 
Right. They are better employees. And I find that also in tag teams. Mm -hmm. You have one that's the genius. Mm -hmm. Do the amazing stuff. And the other one, normally the husband, can tell you by the penny how many pairs of heels she has. (laughs) How how long it takes her to speak at a conference or that type of thing. And I find that if you're going to do the partnership, you need a salesman, you need a creator, and then someone else has to be the one to handle the books, the right, the implementer, the person yeah. doing all the things. Yeah, right. So that's really when you look at what what are you great at? To go, if I don't like doing that, you got to either hire someone or create that. And if you have a partnership, get everything in writing. Get everything in writing while you love each other. You know, just like yeah. a marriage and a and a prenup. Get a prenup. What happens when you hate me? Because you may hate me. What happens right. with the money? How are we going to split assets? How are we going to sp- split up intellectual property? Mm-hmm. Right, because I didn't do any of that in my first two businesses, right? Because I didn't know, right. but I learned. I learned, right? It doesn't take me long. Right. <laughs> and I a non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. And a non-disclosure agreement. Exactly. When I got married to my kid's dad, my grandma pulled him aside the day of the wedding and said, "I don't know why you're marrying her. She don't listen." <laughs> So I'm a tough nut, Yeah, <laughs> but I got to learn I, that I like rolling up my sleeves, getting my hands dirty, figuring mm-hmm. it out. I don't, I, I don't have to hit my head up against the wall anymore. Right. I, I hire coaches. I find someone that's 10 steps ahead of me. Right. When I, when I launched this book, because we had a publisher, I hired a book coach to help me market it differently than the other books. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, and I was starting this brand new when I wrote this book right. um, coming out of being 10 years in a, in Lisa's business, that whole structure. And so starting over to go, okay, how am I going to launch this book? So it hits bestseller, right? Mm -hmm. That I really take care of the publisher. The publisher takes care of me. Mm -hmm. And so finding those people that can help you take you to the next level, right? that's my job is let me help you. You can do it the hard way, or I can give you the roadmap and you follow it. Uh, you know, and, you know, then follow it and then adapt yeah. to your needs, because this is something I hear a lot. I like, this is, there's no business books out there for me. I says, bullshit. Every business yeah. book is out there for you. Exactly. Yeah. And if there's not, write one, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if there's not, you write it, right? Get, compile some experts, mm-hmm. right? There's so much opportunity there. That's what we do with podcasts, right? right. Is compile experts. Do so let me find right. these experts. I don't have to know everything. I don't know everything, but now I know you. So if I know someone that wants this to go, oh my gosh, I have this great guy, right? That's what I love about doing these kinds of things so that you're meeting amazing people along the way and putting them in your toolkit to go, eventually someone will need that and I can be a referral source. Mm -hmm. And you've got six podcasts running yourself. (laughs) I got podcasts running. We've got YouTube videos running. We got, we got contents galore. Right. right. And supporting us and just to serve our clients the way our clients right. want to be served. Right? right. And again, podcasts for people like, why would I do a podcast? It's exposure. Right. right. I built my list primarily through podcasts, challenges, you know, summits. That first year we launched the business, we went from no database to 9,000 people in our database from no social media. I had 5,000 people in my social media. They were all friends and mm-hmm. to over 250,000 people in our social mm-hmm. media. So all through getting seen, getting heard to get paid. What do you think about these community building going on now? You know, we do it. We have a private Facebook group. Um, so we curated people who really just want what we have. So we mm-hmm. have our general Facebook group and now we have these communities. Our tribe 
Um, so we have people that keep coming back to our education. They might come three, four or five times and then sign up for a program. Mm -hmm. People come for the education and they stay for the community because the community, right. hands down, you're not going to find a better group of entrepreneurs that will be your ride or die and support you. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, we got something. Let me help you. Oh, you, you need support at doing this event. Let me help you. Oh, mm -hmm. I'm doing this. And you'll say, OK, let me help you. Mm -hmm. So it's a really win-win uh, community. And mm -hmm. we're really great at it. We've, we've built communities over the years mm -hmm. unconsciously. It wasn't strategy like it is now. Right. Now there's strategy, you know, but it's it really brings people together and it shortens your sales cycle. Right. right. You're not doing it to, to shorten a sales cycle, but at the end of the day, it shortens the sales cycle. It does. We'll really get to experience you. You're giving a lot, but we're giving a lot anyways. So let's right. leverage it in a way that can, you know, net you a bigger result at the end. Right. So um, the other thing here, that, and we're facing it a lot. Well, I've got two more things and then I'm going to let you go because I know you got to go. But <laughs> first thing was, what do you think of Kim Kardashian's statement about women in business? I think she is, you know, there's two sides, right? right. She really built a brand, right? Mm -hmm. When she first started, she didn't have a brand. Mm -hmm. And so you can't be mad at her because she's built a brand. But right. she also sits on her mountaintop that mm -hmm. nobody's like me. Right. And it's about collaboration at the end of the day and not isolation. Right. And so there's that whole, that whole Me Too movement of being just, let's be right or die, right? right? Let's support each other, quit tearing people down. Like right. there's still people in business that have that 80s mentality of stomping on people to get where you are. Right. And so I can respect the pieces of her that built this brand because whatever you think about her, she did build a multi-million dollar brand and a mega brand and then yeah. helped her sisters do it. Right. She really right. schooled her sister. So I can respect right. that. She just stomps on people as she goes up the ladder. Well, and I think she built the influencer brand idea. Right. Girl and girl and <laughs> girl and leverage that too, right? Exactly to the cows come home, right? <laughs> so you know, and I'm telling you, and I re I really got kind of upset with the media mm -hmm. because they caught that part of you got to get up and fucking work, right? They didn't catch the other part of, and you don't deal with toxic work environments, toxic people, toxic right. behaviors. You know, I'm like, of course, it's a soundbite, right? That's that's what it was. It was enough to get it onto Google News. You know, it had enough keywords to it, so they were happy. Right. Go to the rest of the thing, and it's like, hmm, I could see that. I could understand that. Well, we know, like, growing businesses, yeah. you, you know, in my young days, I just wanted people to work like me, right? Like, why do they not work like I do? Well, if everyone worked like that. you do, there would be no other business owners, right? So right. there is a difference between leader and employee or leader and team member, right? Whether it's right. an independent contractor, employee, doesn't matter. Right. And so, you know, my unrealistic expectations of wanting people to be mini me's mm -hmm. really hurt me mentally, right? In my business, hurt our culture because I was just pissy all the time, right? Like, why aren't right. you doing your job? And then, you know, maturity has a way of going, people are people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Right. And let me figure out how to manage this person to get the best out of them. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think early on managing people, you put up with shit you would not put up with when you're more seasoned. Like I don't put up with anything that I used to put up with in the early days because I just didn't know. I didn't know how to have uncomfortable conversations. I was too nervous. Like, oh, my God, they're not going to like me. Who cares if they like you? They'll respect you or they're gone. <laughs> exactly. OK. And the other thing is which. Two social media platforms do you have a soccer count on? 
Do I have a what for? Uh, a per a private account or what I call a sock account. Um, I don't have a private account. Not connected to your brands, not connected to any of your media. Or which two do you, not your team, but you open up and look at? Okay, the only one I open up and look like for entertainment is TikTok. Really? Because I love to laugh. Okay. I love the tarot readings and the psychic cards uh -huh. when they come up. And it's bite-sized information. So it's great. It's a great way for me. My team's like, we need you to do TikToks. No, no, no. That's my, no, that's my playtime. I don't want, uh -huh. don't make me do it. Like we've done some and I'm like, no, I just want to have my escape. So right. that's my, that's my escape is really okay. just looking at, you know, yeah. scrolling. I like uh, humor. Right. Uh -huh. So I like to laugh. So I look for the thing that's going to make me laugh. Right. Or something that's going to move me. Mm -hmm. Right. To go have me think a little bit more like there's a one psychologist that talks about um, narcissist and um, trauma healing, mm -hmm. you know, some juicy stuff. But you're like, never heard it that way. And then right. I love all the comedians and the funny because that that's my sense of humor is, you know, every morning I listen to comedy while I'm putting my makeup on. So I can get some laughs before I start dealing with clients mm -hmm. to make me happy. <laughs> And which social media should um, have uh, be preparing for their funeral? Uh, we From your viewpoint. I think Facebook's out, right? Like, you think, you think Facebook? I think it's 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 a dying. Like when I'm looking at our trends, like we have more trends in Instagram, more trends on LinkedIn, Twitter's starting to spike again. Facebook mm -hmm. is they're so for entrepreneurs, like it, it's so relegated. Like I have been shut down so many times. I'm like, yeah. why don't you shut down people who are doing shenanigans? I'm just trying to help people. Right. Right. And it's so silly. It's so policed, but not in a good way. Right. right. There's so many things on there that I'm like, really? This is up, but I'm I'm talking mm -hmm. about business and money. So Right. And you know, and it's and for me, they've gotten so like you can't say this or you can't have, you know, right. we can no longer like we can't buy our ads anymore. Right. They always put me in the MLM bucket, right? You, you right. must be a multi-level marketer. No, I'm not. No, like, and there's nothing not. wrong with that. People are making a living at that. But, you know, yeah. we've been shut down so many times. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to look at MLMs because I love taking their business approaches apart. Right. You know, the way I handle my calendar and my appointment book, I tell everyone, go watch an old Mary Kay planning video. <laughs> right. What are the six highest things you need to accomplish today? <laughs> right. Um, if you want to learn how to do lives, go look at the documentation on LuLaRue because they're the ones that broke that. Right. They're the ones that started doing that. If you want to look at community building, go look at LuLaRue. They're the ones that broke that also. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's just my viewpoint. All right, guys, go check out her site. Get her new book. Go back and get the other 10, the other nine. <laughs> and we look forward to coming, having you back when you have the other four ready. I would love to. Thank you for having me. Thank you for sharing me with your tribe and your community. Such a pleasure. Love your questions. Out of the box. Yeah, I'm very out of the box. I'm very I love out of the box. Get you in here and talk because, you know, your book, it has talking points. And guys, it's a lovely book. I actually really enjoyed it. And I'm going to probably sign up for the weekend class if you want to come join me. Yeah, um, come join us. You know, and I'll be shooting that address over to the psychics that I know are listening. Yes, I'm staring at some of you. Um, and we'll expect you there this Saturday. But come join the class. It's a free class. 
It's education. It's something you can put in your toolbox. And that's SusieCarter.com to get all that. Now, is your books on Audible yet? It is on Audible. So you can go to Amazon, download it there. And then uh -huh. if you go buy it on our site, we're going to give you a bunch of free bonuses. Cool. So you want to come and get the free stuff. You can go to Amazon too, right? It's, it, or yes. any bookstore. Any um, bookstore. Any bookstore, you can get it as well. All right, Thank guys. you so much. I appreciate you. Thank have a blessed you. evening. You have a blessed evening, honey. All right, guys, we're going to take a sip, and I'm going to bring Joe on. Okay, bye. Bye. <sighs> Hello. How are Hello. you? Hello. All right, we got some hellos to say hello. Hello, Shannon. Oh, hello, Natalie, darling. How lovely to see you. Come out from behind the chair. Darling, <laughs> <laughs> how are you? Steve kill Google. I'm sorry, you're killing Google? Yes. The laptop has it set to send me a notification every time someone makes a comment because I'm normally mobile. Mika! Darling! <laughs> Mika! Oh, hey. Um, but yeah, no. So I, I had the moment, like, do you ever, like, listen to an author and you're like, I think we've read similar books. Uh-huh. Like, she said two things right together and my brain was like, I know we've had to have read the same book. Right. And it was, you know, just getting into that concept of some people just aren't your client and move on. Uh-huh. You know, and, and I'm sitting there like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a fair number of people in this world that it's like, mm-mm, I can't work for you. <laughs> I cannot work for you. Uh-huh. And you need to be okay with that and recognize that and have someone to hand them off to. Right um like and that's kind of a big thing especially i think when people are starting out mm -hmm. um whether you're you know like building your own business or you're in business mm -hmm. like you're working for someone right is is having that moment when it's like look i i can't do anything for you right you know just i i can't right. <laughs> like you're not, I, you're not my client Here's the great, and this is the the chain reaction to that when I face that. Here's the person I want you to go talk to. Just go talk to them, tell them your situation, tell them Mason sent you. Like, no, honey, I cannot get grandma to answer the phone for me, no matter what I do. You need to go see Natalie. Here's her website and her information. Go see her. She'll be able to get grandma to talk around. I'm sure her spirit guide, the six foot two dark haired dude, will be able to beat the heck out of her to get her talking. There you go. Yeah. But no, well, and that's the psychic version of it. But like, even in IT, I've had those moments where it's like, I just don't know how to talk to you specifically uh -huh. Uh -huh. to get you to listen. So I'm just, mm -mm, no, I'm done. <laughs> like, hey, no, Natalie, we are not picking on you. We like you. <laughs> all right, all right, I get the hint. No. It's not that. It's seriously. Um, like, you've got to learn to recognize, like, who your client is and who your client isn't. Uh -huh. um, like, because I went through that. Like, and, and I basically signed on with a whole company I should have never, ever walked uh -huh. into. 
Um, so, you know, I say that with experience, lots mm-hmm. of experience. Um, because it really doesn't work out for anyone. Right. It really doesn't. Um, they don't get what they want. You don't get what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, like you just sit here and you fight each other. Right. And it's just this never ending thing. And right. it'll be the hardest money you've ever made. Like right. you would have rather dug a ditch. Right. Or like, two. yeah, like seriously, like, and, and that's always my like fallback thought. Uh huh. Was, you know, I, I'm out of a construction family. Okay. Um, was the whole idea of sending me to college <laughs> so you didn't was, dig ditches. was so that I didn't dig ditches and I didn't wind up in a coal mine. This was, this was the whole goal. Like if I showed up with an OnlyFans, I think mom and dad would be okay with it. Just like, well, it's not a coal mine and it's not a ditch. Um, See, I, you know, like, with this. I don't think your dad would understand what a only. Well, I don't think your mom would understand oh, what OnlyFans was. Your dad, I think, would be like, "Oh, okay. Well, maybe I can make some of my money back." Mm-mm. No, I, I still think, like we've joked about this in my family, is like we don't care if you're a whore. You better be damn good at it. Like you better not be the does it behind the dumpster whore. No. Like, you know, for quarters, like, no. Right. Like, high, high-end yeah. escort, okay? Like, yeah. goals, standards, people, mm-hmm. you know? Like, get exactly. it together. Well, but no, and you know, <laughs> I really recommend this book for anyone getting into business. Even if you're not at that level yet, I think that this is a really good book. I think the comments in the educational program she puts out is really good. Um, and it's not a lot of woo-woo. It's real business for a modern world. Um, and it's a lot of stuff that I find myself repeating. Oh, really? Yes. Yes. I'm like, have you been reading my notebooks? Grow, right. scale, and sell. You know, 10-point business plan assessment. True. True. There is all that. Oh, but no. Well, you got was... a hot fun mess this week. <laughs> oh, which one? Oh, let's start with the uh, the Batman machine eating its files. Yeah, I've still got to dig into that. Um, I like. Mm, I don't even know what's causing that <laughs> yet. Uh, I don't um, either. Luckily, we kept the Batman. I was not using my bat top. So if it is something that, you know, is contagious, it didn't get to the bat top. So Ace has done his major switch to Mac. That lasted four hours. (laughs) Which is about how long every single one of your switch to Macs has lasted. (laughs) Yep. So it has moved out of the office. I have a nice clean desk now. If, you know, baristas didn't notice... There's no longer a computer there. Uh, two computers on I know, my desk. Like you posted that you had like your messy office, and I was like, bah! "Like you're lying to these people." Like, oh my god, my office is damn messy. Yeah, but it's like normal people messy right now. Like it looks pre- like semi presentable. Bullshit. The ashtray needs emptied. There's a couple dead oh, soldiers. Whatever. Actually, there's a lot of dead soldiers. Like. Where's the houseboy at? I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, like, but they didn't get to see it like I do. Uh-huh. Um, when, when I just go back there and it, it 
it looks like a cry for help uh-huh. from someone who needs civil commitment. Okay. Um, like I go back there and it looks like you live here now. Yeah. Like there's a deodorant and a toothbrush and like six weeks worth of food. And <laughs> like, are you okay? No. Well, and that's always it's the production answer. week. I am not okay. <laughs> so, guys, I'm going to warn my baristas your magazine may be a day or two out. So, I ain't turning out crap. We will see where I get to tomorrow because there comes a point when Asen says he's had enough. Mm-hmm. And y'all guys will see that in the planner. There's days that it's just a giant X over the page. Like, yep, nope, that was a lovely plan, but uh... yeah. It all fell apart. Right. And right. I think that's it, like, honestly, I anymore, like, okay. it seems like the 21st century thing is that, like, pre 2000, mm-hmm. we had day planners and we had literal, like, that was your day. Yeah. Like, did, did someone die? Did you have to go to the emergency room? Did your car break down? Mm-hmm. No, then that was your day. Right. Um, and then somewhere after 2000, this all got insane. And it's well, like, I, I, I had a plan. I, you know, it was really easy because everything was on paper. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, and like people didn't just like call you and, and like even expect like your day was just going to suddenly change because they called. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, somewhere, like, I don't know. I just keep having this thought that, like, somewhere in the world, we, mm-hmm. we like, in the pre-2000 world, we had this idea that, like, shipping took six to eight weeks for anything you ordered, and we were okay. Right. And then Amazon came along and screwed that up, and now it's like, if it's not shipped tomorrow and ar- arrives in three days oh my God, it's a scam and they've taken my money. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we used to wait like six to eight weeks. Like, did anyone else used to order stuff and then it like showed up and you just like had this Christmas morning with the box because you didn't know what the fuck it was. And no. then you open the box and you're like, oh, I forgot I ordered that. No, because it was in my planner. Well, you know, hey. Um, <laughs> but I've done it. I mean, you do that now. Well, I do that now, yeah. Well, sometimes, because it depends upon, like, crap happens. Um, But no, it's just... No, your Amazon happens is what happens. Fuck, crap (laughs) happens. Your Amazon happens. And it's like, click, click, click. And it's like, okay, he's ordered something. That's cute. And it shows up, and he's like, did I order something? And I'm like, yeah, see, it's on line 23 of the third page. Well, but hey, my orders are never that bad. Except I was that talking about the credit card statement. <laughs> oh yeah, like no, it's not even that bad. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not that bad. Um, but no, seriously though, there are moments where I and I think my surprise anymore is like it's here. Uh, more than like I still can't get used to three day shipping. I, I mm-hmm. can't. Right. It's, it's this weird thing. Like, I grew up programmed mm-hmm. that shipping takes six to eight weeks. Right. Like, that's just... Right. 
And it still weirds me out sometimes when stuff shows up in a couple of days. Right. Oh, yeah, I love Amazon. I, like, I can't not love Amazon. Right. Um, as sucky as some of the things they do as a company are. Mm-hmm. Like, that three-day turnaround takes a lot. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always, like, the best things happening to people to get you to three-day shipping. Right. Like, that's what that's what I'm going to say on that one. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, but right. anywho. Anywho, and it's that, it's that, oh, how do I want to say this? It's that connecting into stuff. Hi, Love Life. Hi, Ashley. Yeah, I don't Ashley, know. The Love world Life. that we live in today is really weird. And it's at this point, I don't know, my world is at that point of, do I want an assistant? Do I need an assistant? Maybe I just need a better planner. Well, I think you've gone through all the planners you can. Well, we're up to designing a planner. <laughs> okay. The baristas get to watch me design and work out the little kinks in my planning system, and then we're going to design and order it. You hit a, a nail on something the other day. Okay. Well, because I was going to say, because like the thing that didn't make it to the behind the scenes, and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but there was a point recently you had like three planner nervous breakdowns in the same week. Uh-huh. And I, I was kind of like, okay, this is not how this is supposed to work. Like planning is supposed to make you less stressed. And like three times in one week, you just like growled, uh-huh. grabbed your car keys and went, I'm going to the store. And walked out and then like came back and you're like, okay, I think I got it this time. And then again, you growled, grabbed your car keys and said, I'm going out. I'll be to the store. I'll be back. And just like, there was a point I was just like, okay, I'm afraid if he does this one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sometimes, yes, you're not wrong. you got to read the question. Well, the statement, which is, I imagine Joe was like, okay, I'm going to go hide now when he sees the planner come out. No, that's when he sees the planner go out the door. Yeah, no, that's when I want to hide. Yeah, Yeah. that's definitely, like, like when he is back there... Like, uh, seriously, when it's the third time in a week, he has gone to, like, reset his planner because everything he just, like, got set up is not working for him. And then he went and got more stuff, and then he reset, and he thought this was going to work, and it didn't work for him. Uh And then he had to go get... Like, hmm, there's a point there that you're just like, I don't know how much longer until he's like, I'm just going to drink. Until it's all done. Just like, light a match. It's all over. I'm done. Uh, (laughs) Like, you know. Well, and that happens. And that does happen when my planner melts down. And normally when the planner melts down is when things change. And we go through seasons in the business. And it's like, motherfucker. And right now, like, I'm not even doing my task list daily. I've got this big task list that I'm just working off of. Um. Dun, 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 dun. Um, here is the problem with that. 
So the comment is, because his plans change so much, I feel like digital would be better once you figure out what you need and can make some interactive PDFs. And the problem with that is, is the digital will die. The digital will ding. The digital will bing. I am <coughs> trained to ignore bings, dings, and dings. We have a problem to the point that I had to change the sounds on my mister to get me up in the morning. Yeah, on on his um, <clears throat> certain search engine powered devices. Yes. Because this one that I already own, and furthermore, I don't have a I don't have a tablet big enough. Um, it dings enough that I don't care. Okay, well, see, and I think there's a better explanation here. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you got to realize he 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 has been a nurse. He has heard call lights and heart monitors and pages through a building. Um, he has worked on so many networks, and let me tell you, there is there is a certain point because all of them have loud so loud notification sounds um and, and he even turns the volume up on them um because it's literally gotten to a point and you do get to this point living with him too um is you just don't hear this anymore okay. like there's comes a point your brain just filters out incoming keen chat request incoming keen chat request like, I, I, oh, see, but you got to be careful, though. Maybe a flat line tone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. And Love Life will get to you in just a second. Sorry, we wanted to wrap this up real quick before we did. But uh, no, it, like, yeah, there's certain sounds, though, that would pull him out of a coma. Uh-huh. And not in a good way. Uh-uh. Like, there's certain, like, I know there are certain sounds that I can hear that will pull me out of deep sleep. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. Right. Like, I had an alarm clock I had to trash for that because I could not wake up every single morning in, like, total panic for my life. Uh-huh. Great alarm clock. You weren't sleeping through it. Problem sounds like a fire alarm commercial grade fire alarm well i am looking for something and i'm going to turn our listeners onto the search for it oh i need an alarm clock that sounds like a 1990s pager it is that certain tone it will wake me out of a dead two-hour sleep mm -hmm. i want that alarm clock but now, what is the one that, that like, because there was something recently I was either watching or, or listening to or whatever, and you were like, y you can't do that around me. You're, you're traumatizing me. I forget what it was, but, like, we even joked about it. It was, well, we found your new alarm clock. And you're like, yeah, no. You were playing a game. Oh, yes. Yes, I was. Oh, I can't even remember the stupid game now. Like, 
here's weirdo me like i'm not really a big phone gamer but sometimes i get stressed and i'll like download a game play it for a day and then i just delete it it was mafia oh was or it? something like that because it sounded like gunshots and i'm sitting in my office and i'm hearing like oh, gunshots God. go off um so yeah i don't know what it was i don't know what i was playing i don't know that it was gunshots per se maybe it was i don't know um because i'm this is my problem is i'll play a game for like a day an afternoon and then it's gone right like that's it like i don't pay money for games i refuse right um, um but no it was it was some type of it was you played one and i was like no you can't do that and it sounded like a gunshot and there was another one that sounded like glass breaking and you don't want me waking up to the sound of glass breaking yeah no no that almost got Near one the... shot yeah really <clears throat> all right so let's go ahead and we will grab love life and then ashley mm -hmm. um so all right so love life 8 12 98 how do my office mates view me okay Whew. Well, there's a few different viewpoints of you, because I'm looking at at least two of them. One sees you as a good advisor, decent. You tend to have a lot of knowledge and a lot of sharp truth. The other one, however, sees you as a gold gigger with a lot of goals, and they're afraid for their position. All right. All right. So, there we go. Um, and then Ashley, one nineteen ninety four. When will I get my kids back home? Okay. You're looking at probably fall of next year. This is a complicated mess. When I say complicated, you feel like you're trapped. No matter what you do, it's never right. You can't get them right. You can't do it right. It's never good enough. And you're going to have to overcome that first before we get the kids back home. Okay. So you got to take care of that self-worth thing going on there. All right. So do you have an R year and asshole this week? I do. Awesome. And Are you I don't doing any other articles? No, honey, I had an author to prepare for. Okay. <laughs> I kept wondering. I was like, you gotta send some articles. All right, so am I the asshole? This one just popped up, and I actually just, uh, like, this is only, like, two days old. Um, I, I even screenshotted, because I was afraid this is going to get taken down. Okay, is it um, just that good? Oh, it's, it's, well, we'll see. Am I the asshole for telling my brother that it's his fault that our mom is sick? I, 16 male, have an older brother, 20 male. Two years ago, before going to college, he came out to our parents as gay which made our dad disown him and cut all contact with him. 
He tried to force her mom to cut contact with him as well, but she refused, which led to a huge argument between them. After a couple of months of almost daily fights, our parents eventually decided to divorce. Soon after, mom started feeling sick and she was eventually diagnosed with breast cancer stage three. Dad was only paying for my alimony and refused to pay for my mom's treatment as well, and my brother obviously couldn't pay either because of his college fees. My mom's disease progressed, and now the doctors estimate that she only has one, maybe one and a half years left to live. My mom accepted her fate, but I honestly started to resent my brother for this as I don't see what was the point of him coming out right before going to college in another city. It's not like our dad would have been able to keep track of uh, who he's dating once he moved there and his coming out only caused problems in the long run. My brother told me on the phone that he feels so bad about our mom's situation and he blames himself for not being able to help her, which caused me to tell him that he should blame himself for coming out to her homophobic dad, which destroyed our parents' marriage and probably even got our mom sick uh, with cancer due to all the stress caused by the divorce. My brother told me that he was still hoping that her dad would come around and that he wouldn't have done it if he knew it was going to cause our parents' divorce, but I told him that the harm's already done and it's his fault that our mom's sick now. He started crying and told me <clears throat> that I'm a, let's go with a bad word, um, for thinking that his sexual orientation is what caused our mom's cancer and then hung up on me. Good. But honestly, if he hadn't come out, our parents wouldn't have divorced. And even if mom would have still, uh, and even if mom would have still gotten cancer in this case, at least dad would have been there to pay for her treatment and thus he might have still been able to save her so i really think my brother should have postponed his coming out for a couple more years at the very least am i the asshole i <sighs> yes you are yes like that's that's almost a resounding universal like you're not just an asshole you are the T-H-E, all caps, asshole. Behind this, though, behind this, though, I'm going, one, this is a 16-year-old, and I get that he's hurting a lot, and he has a lot of, like, things that exploded in his life, and he's mm -hmm. looking at, like, the chain reaction. Right. That, like, if his brother hadn't have come out, his parents wouldn't have fought, his parents wouldn't have divorced, and even, you know, like, and more than likely, probably his mom already was in early stages of cancer by then, more than likely. Mm -hmm. And, but not for all of this, she would have insurance or her, you know, husband would pay for her treatment, you know. I, like, I understand his struggle in wanting to blame someone and wanting, you know, someone to yell at and to right. be angry with. Um, <sighs> Sorry, he is an asshole. But that's not your brother. Right. Like, 
dude, your brother yeah. did nothing wrong. Right. Like, this is one of those situations that it, it's... It falls into the category of an unfortunate str uh, string of events, right? Well, like I'm they're all tragic. Like you, like the you know your parents divorcing is tragic. Your mom mm -hmm. finding out she has cancer is tragic. Your father being an asshole is tragic. Having a bro a sibling come out that can be a very you know chaotic experience. But this isn't stuff you blame people for. Right. And moreover, like, that's a really t problematic line of thinking. Right. And yeah. it's blaming. But I'm going to put this to fact, and I'm going to kind of take this along the way. Mm-hmm. He is the asshole. He is the asshole because he's blaming his brother for something that wasn't connected. He's blaming them for the divorce. The divorce in itself was not what called the brother coming out did not cause the divorce. The divorce, the cracks in the marriage was already there. He may gave his mother a little bit of courage to tell the dad to go fuck off. Well, or more than likely, like, no one gets, I don't think that many people actually get divorced because, like, one of their children come out. Mm -hmm. Now, there are, like, there are parents, I think it creates a major strain. Mm -hmm. And, like, they start fighting. Right. But typically, like, if that were their only issue... Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, it's going to be a little loud and angry and, you know, it's it's going to be a bit vicious. But I don't think you go all the way to divorce on that one. Right. Unless you already have other issues. Right. Like, that's just the last straw. Right. Like, that was, you know, kind of like, we're staying together, wait till the last kid's 18, then we'll consider, like, right. divorce or separate housing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're not you know throwing off on that there are a fair number of couples that have done that right like they stay together for their kids their kids get through you know at least to college right at least through high school or perhaps out of college and then they're like look i'm done like right. you know, we're done with each other we can't do this anymore we stayed together for you guys we we kept right. our cool we tried to act like decent adults be decent parents mm -hmm. we're done Right. Um, that said, even if, even if this right. was the whole single issue that caused the right. divorce, still not your brother's fault. Right. Like that was between your parents. Right. Like, I mean, that's almost like saying, you know, someone telling your mother that your father was cheating. Mm -hmm. That you're going to blame that person for causing the divorce. And it's right. like, well, no. Like, the fact that your father was cheating and your mother didn't think that was acceptable to your marriage. Right. Or to their marriage. That's what caused the divorce. Right. Um, this is kind of the same thing. Your brother coming out isn't the cause. Right. It's 
your father couldn't accept that and like move on and your mother found that incompatible to being in a relationship with someone right is like you either love and accept our kids no matter what or i'm out and that's right. assuming it was the 100 percent cause right now in that um one also has to notice the the, the fucked up logic mm -hmm. in which you've excused the fact that because your brother came out and your parents argued that the you don't blame your father directly mm -hmm. for withholding finances or you know medical coverage that could keep her alive right like as in you think it is a reasonable situation here right that because your parents argued over this right that he should not give a damn about you right or your mother right in terms of like keeping her alive right because of this issue that like right. that's the logic you got to follow there right. and it's like yeah i see i don't think that's it right again it really points strongly towards your parents already had issues mm -hmm. this was just the last issue right so now dude right oh but yeah so yeah there's not many people i don't think i saw any that really went oh yeah 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 no you got it dude mm -hmm. um yeah it's just yeah pretty much right Yeah, uh, what I'm seeing, and he's trying to defend his position. Well, yeah, I'm sure he is, because it's right. one of those things when you when you say it, like I understand why he's upset. Right. Like I 100 percent right. understand why he's upset and how he got here. Right. Because he's hurting and he needs someone to be angry at that can take it. Right. And older brothers are great for that. Mm -hmm. like he can't be mad at his mom like she's died <laughs> right you know somehow i think it he doesn't want to be mad at his dad right and like his brother like older brothers typically do that like they end up taking blame for shit that they never did in the first place mm -hmm. um and i think it was just like the best place he could dump it right to well, try to like offload yeah 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 but so yeah that's my am i the asshole how's your relationship advice oh i'm looking for something over there because there's a lot of them that come out and it's like we can't talk about them <laughs> okay really we found things we can't talk about on this show yeah it's because most of the answers is astroglide <laughs> Ouch. 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 Well, that doesn't rule out the answer is always more C batteries. Well, again. All right, here. 
Here's one I think is kind of cute. Relationship advice. I need help processing what happened this weekend. My cooking isn't good enough. And the title of it is my cooking isn't good enough, but my money is. I need help processing what happened this weekend. So in the morning, my husband suggested we go out for breakfast before he leaves for work for the week. We don't have the money to eat out, but I didn't want to fight, so I agreed. We did Easter Easter baskets with the toddler and then proceeded to get dressed and go out. While I was getting, dressing myself and our son, he decided to join, join a video game. This is an online game and couldn't simply be paused. I let him know that we were ready to go and he sort of acted as if he didn't know we had plans. He said we would be we he would be right out and i sat in front on the front porch while our son played me yard for a minute an hour passed i decided that the kids need to eat and went to the kitchen and began making eggs and eggs in toast and pork chops he came in while i was cooking and got upset i told him that i already waited an hour and was in the middle of cooking now and that and didn't even know if IHOP was open on Easter Sunday. He told me to give the food I had already cooked to his dad and uncle, and we were going out. They live in our in our driveway. I obeyed, and we went to IHOP. It took another hour before we were seated and had food on the table. I only ordered a coffee because I planned on eating some of my son's food. He ordered a sandwich and a triple stack cheesecake pancakes he ate he he ate done fries proceeded to eat about three bits of his sandwich before it had too much because it had too much cheese he then he ate maybe five bites of the pancakes his lactose intolerant icing on the cake which the check came i gave it to him we had a pseudo rule that whoever invited the other out to dinner pays he got upset and told me he didn't have any money i gave him my card and went to the car upset he gets furious at my reaction and says he'll never take me out to eat again please help me understand what happened um well let's see you went on a date with a narcissist and then everything went wrong from there it's more so you went on a date with a you went to a family dinner with an idiot well no i'm saying way back like before yeah. she was mrs asshole yep um <laughs> and i don't mean she's an asshole i mean she married one right um way back when um right. y'all went on a date and um Wow. Yeah. That was, mm, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, and exactly, he didn't take you out to eat. You took yourself, yourself out to out. eat. Um, you didn't want to go to. Yeah, like, literally, and, and, like, you had to wait on him in the midst of all this, and you had to argue with him, and you had to watch him do and stupid things with food your children had to watch this yeah. honey wake the fuck up slap that man over the head with an iron skillet and send him out the front door yeah yeah like none of this is normal right like not that like yeah mm -hmm. no none of this was normal 
I mean, people argue, people argue for stupid reasons. People want things that they can't necessarily afford at a particular right. moment in their relationship. You know, I like, I get all that. And sometimes you do just go, ah, we'll put it on the credit card and fucking deal with it later. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's okay. Right. Um, usually, however, it, it does have to be like a mutual thing. Right. And it shouldn't be like a punishment the whole way through. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like we've had moments where it's like, oh fuck, we really shouldn't go out to eat. Like you know, right. and it's like, all right, you know, we're just gonna do it. Yeah. Fuck it. I need and, food. And, and like we'll figure it out before. later. Yeah. There are times yeah. that I will, we will go out to eat, and you're like, mm, we shouldn't be doing this. It really isn't a budget. And I'm like, here. I can make you another hundred dollars or I can cook you dinner. Your choice. Yeah. Well, there's that. And then there's also sometimes that it's quite frankly, you know, like, yeah, we shouldn't. Mm -hmm. We can. Yeah. Um, we shouldn't. Um, and it's like, but where are we in the, like, do I just need this right now? Like, you know, what, what's my future value on this? Right. Is $20 or 30 or whatever we're about to go spend on eating out. Is that like the difference between like alternative is I'm going to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and crash into bed and I'm not going to do fuck all. Right. Because, like, my life sucks and I'm in a bad mood and I don't want to deal with people and yada, 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 yeah. You know, and it's just, like, the rain cloud. Or is this going to be, like, we're going to spend this money, I'm going to get renewed and energized, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to make, like, five times that. Right. You know, in, in essence, make the $100. Right. Like, then sometimes it's kind of like, okay, what do we, yeah. No. Well, yeah, and by that point, she'd already cooked. And, I mean, I'm not discounting that at all. Right. Um, he food that he could eat. Let's point this out. Yeah. Cooked food that he could eat. Everyone knows I'm diabetic. Everyone knows that my diet's weird. We have had fun with that. Uh -huh. But I have never sat down and ordered pancakes at a restaurant with syrup. Or ice, cheesecake pancakes. No, that's a no food for me. I don't well, have that. Well, and it's not that it's a no food for you. Like, it, I mean, it's not a good idea. Uh-huh. Um, but for him, the like, if you're lactose intolerant and you didn't plan for that, mm -hmm. and you have no post-plan for that, mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, that's a big no. Big right. old no. Like, no, you can't. Mm -mm, no. Uh -huh. Um, but yeah, but at the point in which she has already waited an hour and started cooking, yeah, uh -huh. no, dude, your go out right. opportunity sailed. Right. Like you chose the game over getting ready to go out. Right. Like why? Yeah. Yeah. And ordered food that they couldn't eat. It, it was a total waste. And right. it was a total, like, why? Right. Why? Apparently decides to move the father and uncle into campers in their driveway. Yeah, that sounds like it would be a whole other story that's just going to like... Well, see, I really, the reason uh... I like this is I found a way I can go and look at the, the answers. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I'm sure someone had to pick up on that one. Oh, that right. is beyond an Easter fail. Right. Right. And I even totally forgot to talk about our Easter because our Easter actually was really good. It was. And we went simple. Actually, I went simple all week, guys. I'm going to talk about this and then we're going to wrap up. I, I got two roaster chickens and I cooked mm -hmm. ham that I got on sale. I made some potato salad and some uh, macaroni salad and some scalloped potatoes and I'm done. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Brenda brings up an awesome point. On top of it all, it's teaching the kids that this is okay behavior and how to treat people or be treated. Yes, right. big problem. Yeah. Um, but no, we did have a really good Easter. And for those of you pointing out, that's a lot of potatoes. It was. <laughs> that potato is salad wild. and scalloped potatoes. Yeah. Um, here's the deal. He had already decided and started making scalloped potato or a uh, uh, potato, salad. potato salad. And then, yeah, the, the mama night was like, mm, I don't want that. <laughs> So we're like, okay. <laughs> it's like, do you want another potato? And she was like, yes, <laughs> scalloped. Right. And we're like, you know, we just happened to have those. <laughs> yeah. But no, um, come for leftovers, actually, because I've got enough to feed us this week and probably three <laughs> to four meals. But this is much less than my normal holiday cooking. Basically. Now, do you keep in mind um in terms of the ham alone he budgeted uh well, granted the ham was on sale and that's why i bought it but he effectively budgeted 3.33333 pounds of ham per person no i didn't you did too it was a 10 pound ham and there were three of us and I paid nine dollars and seventy cents for that second ham. I knew it. And I knew that we'd get ten meals out of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna get so many meals. Yeah, woohoo! Yeah, it was a lot of ham. It was a lot of ham. It was big, pretty ham. Did Did you ever post the pictures? The barista the chat got the pictures, and okay. they're gonna get the pictures again in the magazine because I'm actually writing that recipe. Oh, yeah, it was a phenomenal price. Like, I'm not mad. No. But it was, it, like, that's the joke I keep making is he cannot cook a holiday meal without budgeting, like, five pounds of meat per person. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I know who he's by the people, but how many meals I want cooked out of that meal. <laughs> well, there you go. There's that. <laughs> you know, but I only made one cake, and it was a really simple cake. It wasn't from scratch. I made no green vegetables. Yeah, I was a little disappointed. I made no other vegetables, no roasted vegetables, none of that. I know. You had three options of food, not 15. There was no <laughs> stuffing made. I made no rolls this year. True. No pies. We made a cake. I didn't color Easter eggs and put them on the table. I did make deviled eggs. You've got you one platter of deviled eggs, not 24 like I normally do. Your nephew would have been disappointed. <laughs> well, basically, our, our meal consisted of ham and 
sides in shades of yellow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, most everything you made had mustard in it. <laughs> True. And I even went deep on the mustard. I didn't use the gray perplum like I normally use for things. Oh, well. Um, but yeah, you know, granted, you know, the ham was actually really cool because it was uh what crushed pineapple and the pineapple IPA. Yeah, and brown sugar. Yeah. And brown sugar, yeah. Um, ooh, first year Brenda didn't make pickled eggs. Right. Um, Ashley only did pork and rice and then peas, broccoli, and biscuits. Good mm-hmm. job, good job. Good job, good job. Now, guys, yeah. I'm gonna warn you. Thanksgiving, I'm doing. I'm not doing a turkey this year. No, I made the decision of making roll-ups this year. Although I'm going to see if I can find sliced duck. If I can find sliced duck, I'm going to do turducken roll-ups. I still can't believe you're trying to do that. (sighs) I find it hilarious, but still. Uh Oh, rice and peas in one dish. Okay, sorry. Yes, roll up. So basically, this is, uh, you know, deli sliced, um, like super thick deli sliced. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, you do stuffing and then you roll deli meat around it and then cook it in gravy. Yep. They're very good. Yeah, yeah, he wants I'm, to do turducken roll ups. I'm yeah. looking at doing turducken roll ups. I've got to find sliced duck. Yeah, but then he wants to go one step further and then wrap all that in bacon. Well, yes. See? And I'm just sitting here going, yeah, let's just send that to uh, uh, our doctor and see how quickly he can be like, no. Um, You know, your heart says choose life. Like, I'm pretty sure that is not on the heart, American Heart Association diet anyway. Actually, it probably is. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, it, he does not currently have heart issues. Like, I, I want to clarify that. It's just familially, like, in his medical history, heart issues are a thing there. And uh-huh. so, like, we're trying to get him to, like, 50 without a heart attack. Like, that's the hope. That's the dream. That's the goal. Oh, the squirrels are fighting now. What? No, that's not unrelated. That's everything. Yeah, bacon makes everything better, including heart attacks. You want to take that to another notch? Include bacon. Depending on the price of bacon, if it keeps going off, it's going off your menu. <laughs> you know, I like I can be okay with that. Uh-huh. Like, and I think it messes you up more that like. I like. I am almost unflappable oh, when it that comes reminds to like, me. other you have meats. Have a poll to take. Oh, I have a poll to take. Uh huh. I mean, is it long and thick? I'm sorry. What's the poll? Going to the gym does not cancel out the bacon. <laughs> but a bacon, bacon Brussels sprout is awesome. Yes. Um. Over dishes. Oh, I have a dishes poll to take? Yes. This was the great after Easter debate. Okay. Oh, my God. 
Jesus Christ. <sighs> I I've now added new understanding to to my the so like <sighs> yeah. On a scale of one to I believe Margaret Cho said it was Gore Vidal. I could be wrong. I'm trying to remember. Actually, let's go ahead and find out before I take the poll, because I want to get this right. I want to get this right, because this quote's worth getting right. Um, well, tell the story while you're doing your research. Okay, so I got to type. Um. Oh. So yes, I. To remember, no one ever has the quote. All right, fine, we'll pretend it's Gore Vidal. All right, so from like one to Margaret Cho's fanning the flames of his faggotry, where does this sentence rank? We are talking about dishes. I've been thoroughly confused this whole whole damn time why we have dishes in a china cabinet that we have not touched the whole time we have been together mm -mm, not once um we have another set of dishes in the cabinet beside the sink plus a whole other set of dishes and i have long just allowed this without question just it is what it is. And then he starts talking about how we need to buy yet more dishes. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? Like, I chose in this moment to ask, why do we need more dishes? And he points out that, well, we need a set for breakfast. And then, you know, we really need for dinner dishes, to have dinner dishes that make an impact. And I just looked at it, and that's that's my question. That's, that's my question. We have a set of Corel ware. We have some cheap ceramics from Walmart that I never intended to keep. Walmart or Big Lots One. I literally never intended to keep. There was a whole reason I bought them. And the reason now has a cemetery plot. Okay. Um, and, and like real quickly, this was because I read an article that said that red, that eat, like eating on red dishes stimulated appetite. And I was having problems getting my grandmother to eat. And I went, fuck it. I'll spend the money. Um, so I picked up a few plates and a few saucers and a few bowls, like not a full complete, like eight person set, but like enough to get us through like a day. Um, and I literally intended like these to never last, did not want to keep them, did not have any interest whatsoever. He was in love with them. And I was like, okay, fine, whatever. I don't care. So we moved up. We have a set of Corel dishes. We have a set of this cheap crap I picked up at Walmart or Big Lots. And then he has like bone white 
Um, is it full China or no? I have I a bone white full China set for a party of 16. Right. Including serving dishes. Yeah. Well, and see, here's the problem with display is it's just flat white. Like it just like, I hate to say it, but you could probably put cardboard cutouts in the China cabinet and no one would know. Um, but that's just me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, um, like we could spray paint some cardboard and no one would know. Um, uh, because other walk into the house. <laughs> You mean in just like the well, yeah, but the one thing she would notice is for once it doesn't feel like the house is listing to one side, um, because of the weight of the china cabinet. I still think she was disappointed that we didn't have them out for Easter, even though it was a casual Easter. I'm just sitting here going, I will eat, like, I'm sorry, my family, my grandmother had this gorgeous set of china that she was scared to death to use and hated cleaning, right. One two combo could not run it through the dishwasher. God help you. Right. It had a like the the painted or whatever gold ring around it. Totally do not dishwasher ever. Right. Um, she, she like it just sat there and collected dust for like decades. She pulled it out every once in a while. Yeah, the trim like it wasn't quite a trim. Ex well, it was. It's not like the outer outer edge, but it was just like this. The charger's line. Well, yeah, but it wasn't a charger. It's called like a it charger's was... line. Okay. Ah. Anyway, so where where on that one to ten scale, one to banning the flames, was his statement that we needed dinnerware that had impact. Because my first reaction was, and for fuck's sake, you were married, and this is the shit that comes out of your mouth. How did your wife not know? <laughs> my God. Well, two polls, actually. One is, is that the gayest thing that Joe has ever told you I've said? <gasps> and two, how many sets of dishes do you own? Plastic is not included because it is not a dish. Bullshit. I'm sorry, my fanning the flames. Thank you. Um, and because, um, so, like, my family, we eat off of China. It's called Chinette. Mm -hmm. We buy it in a jumbo bag at Sam's Club. Um, that's how we do holidays because mm -hmm. my grandmother hated her China. So we use China. China. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's where I'm at. My first set of dishes was plastic. Like, I talk about that box at Walmart. I know about this box at Walmart because I owned it. <laughs> they still make it. Okay, Brenda's is not the gayest thing. All right, Ashley has two sets of dishware that doesn't count. So she has exactly one. One ceramic. Because uh -huh. you refuse to count plastic as dishware. And the pattern is called White Fruit by Gibson. Ooh. Well, technically, our Corel wear is, like, actually quite nice. Yeah. Like, it's Blue Snowflake 
for those of you that are into classic Corel ware, like right. it, it's the blue and white set. Mm -hmm. um, and this, my grandmother had in a cabinet. I, the only thing I can come up with, and I could be really, really long. Hey, Amy, um, is that it was probably her sister's. Mm -hmm. Because it's the only reason I can think of, like, she had it in that cabinet and never, ever used it. Mm -hmm. Well, like, we're going to start it. using that. Oh, we've used the hell out of it. No, I'm talking about yeah. the uh, Gibson China. I've confirmed that it is laved. Okay. So it can be, although it was discontinued. Oh. So we have a problem. Yeah, it's called We Have to Look on eBay or Replacements Limited for I'm looking at Replacements Limited uh -huh. to get the price. Yeah, what is it, $75 a plate? Um, the salad plates themselves aren't that bad. The dinner plates are $25.99. The salad plates are $11.99. Um, the gravy boat that everyone complains about well, no, the soup bowl that everyone complains about is four hundred dollars. Oh, the what? Repeat that. The soup dish that's on top of the china cabinet that everyone complains about. Yeah. Is four hundred dollars. Well, I won't throw that at you first. <laughs> the lid is more expensive than that. Yeah. Well, fair enough. It's technically the most expensive thing in our China set. And it's balanced precipitously on top of the cabinet. Yes, with the board support underneath it. I know! Precariously, excuse me. Yeah. Precariously balanced on top of the China cabinet. The oh server platter that you had your lovely ham on is valued at four times the, the price I paid for ham. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, now that one we only recently added, didn't we? I've recently started to add and using it, but I'm going to go back to using that for holidays since we now have a kitchen set of food. <sighs> okay. Man. Is this Well, granted, we looked up a price on replacing the Snowflake Corelware. Oh, Ashley's posting evidence of her, um, is this her non-existent or her existent? This is her existent. Oh, it's a beautiful it's... festive wear set. Ooh. Yeah, we'll see. And that's the weird thing in West Virginia. We can pick that up all day long. Yeah. Like, we can tell you what exit to go to and you can pick it up for next to none. 43. No, it's not 43. It's yes, Flatwoods. It yeah, I think it's 43. No, it isn't. Flatwoods is not 43. We're 57 off of uh, uh, 79. Uh, Flatwoods is like 68, 69. Right. Yeah. Yeah, the, the factories in West Virginia, like you can get the, like this stuff shows up everywhere. Yeah. You can't give it away. Oh, it's a suggestion for Ace and no, he's going to stick to having the corral wear. For now. Well, yeah, and that's based off of like lessons from my one of my sisters. I will not name names. Um, but um they call it unbreakable, and that's true. The 
first time you throw it at your husband. The second time, it's a crapshoot. Well, can we get a family history on that so I can see if I've got a throw or not? This is a no throw set. Or actually, okay. this, well, no, if this came from uh, my grandmother's sister, it's probably a no throw set. Mm -hmm. That was a nasty divorce. <sighs> Ooh. Mm-mm. No. I figure that set got bounced off of uh, poor Uncle Fred. Uh, uh, well, poor Uncle Fred deserved it, but um, that's a whole other story. Right. But, yeah. yeah. But no, Let's just I, say y'all agree. I was the only one that, you know, grew up with the mindset that, no, you have four sets of dishes. You have your breakfast ware, which is a small set, normally just cups, saucers, and salad plates. You have a lunch set that is a lighter set of china that you it is just literally salad plates and a dinner plate and saucers. And then you have a dinner set that should be in a more impressive, heavier-weighted dish set. See, and I grew up with like, and this was this this was mom. Uh huh. She had the nice Corelware in the china cabinet. And I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, the nice Corelware in the china cabinet. And then we had the crap on a shelf that that was like chipped, cracked, glued back together. Because mom quite simply, quite frankly, had five kids and didn't give a shit. She assumed everything she owned was going to be broken at any moment. Mm -hmm. She had zero attachment to anything but the dishes in the china cabinet. Break one right. of those and you die. Mm -hmm. See, Ashley's in the same boat. <laughs> like, mom, I think, was probably one step away from, uh, like, our grandmother is the one that caused us to go to Chinette for holidays. I think mom was about one step away. From oh, goodness. There are more pieces to this. Oh, oh good Lord. Lord. Brenda, we had three main sets, everyday company and good china. Then you also had snack sets for just coffee and treats, sometimes cheap ones while the kids were little. Yeah, see, no. Yeah. No. No. Mom, I, well, yeah, no. Mom had given up. Well, and then there's my grandmother and the fact that my dad destroyed all of their dishes. Like, picture this, picture this, if you can. This is my grandmother in 1930, um, let's say 1940. Roughly. She is living with my dad and my grandfather in coal company housing. Everything they own is basically on some god-awful payment arrangement with a company store. They are flat broke. And my father goes running through the house and this horrible like 
we talk about cheap furniture today being particle board, just kind of half glued, half screwed together, and like you can knock it over and break it. The predecessor to that was stuff made out of wood that was thin as veneer, like it, it, like wood paneling just nailed together. And the company store charged an outrageous cost for this because, of course, that's where it came from. Knocks this dishware cabinet over breaks every last thing in it the shelf survives but broke every dish in it my grandmother had no attachment to dishware after that mm, like she couldn't she was horrified I, and I can understand it. Like, I try to picture it, and, like, she says it was, like, she, every time she talked about that story, you could just see that, like, that anguish in that moment of, I just want to try to be a decent parent, mm -hmm. and and I don't even want anything really, really nice. I just want to have basics, Okay. Like, let me get through this. Like, this is a horrible period in history. We we have no money. We're just starting out. I have a kid who is a holy terror. And dad was. Dad was a holy terror from birth. Um, <laughs> and literally just like every dish, every last dish. And they literally ended up getting scrap dishes like you know what i mean everyone else is like chipped or whatever like from her mom and her dad you know the other side of the family the errington side of the family like everyone just started giving them random plates and stuff to get through yeah like see, i oh but see that's when i become the indignant one <laughs> you would have gone straight to that company store and charged it well no 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 or beat the hell out of him. <laughs> oh, that would have occurred. Like, how your father was able to walk after that incident. I think that was part of the story is that my grandmother lit into him. And I think technically that was the last time that she ever, I think, laid a hand on him. Because she knew she did it in anger and she could have killed him. Well, exactly. And then after we were able to, and I have these things, there are these things that I will no longer debate. That would have been one of them. Okay. We will have a perfect set of China. <laughs> and we can with a trip to Sam's. It comes in an economy bag. <laughs> no, we will not. We will take a lovely trip to the <laughs> antique store that I only go to for a number of reasons. Oh, hell. Oh, hell no. Like, I'm just saying, these are not things I need in my life. I, I really don't. Like, I, <laughs> I've, I've, I've had better and worse, and you know what I mean? Like, than the plastic set. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've, I've had paper. I have had nicer silverware. I've had worse silverware. Uh-huh. Like, I had one set that had its own plastic rack, and it was for a camper. Uh-huh. 
It had two sizes of spoons, one size of fork, one size of knife, had little plastic on mm -hmm. the handle. Mm -hmm. It was like stamp stainless steel. Um, I love that set. Right. You had this nice little caddy that sat on the counter. It was wonderful. I'm like, why don't they make more of these? But apparently people think it's trashy when your spoon has a hole in it to hang it on a peg. Well, again, it's kind of like white bones <laughs> that time. That came out of one of dad's temper tantrums. Mother went, all right. <laughs> you break all my dishes. That's fine. That's fine. I'm going over to Harry Myers. I'm getting us some dishes. Oh, Lord. And she came home with every single piece. <sighs> and it, a payment that, arrangement. Huh? And a payment arrangement. Yes, they came out of his paycheck. Okay. Except, I believe we bought we recently bought an, uh, the meat platter, mm -hmm. and we were able to find the dip set. There's a, I don't think that I'm I think I'm missing one lid to a pickle dish. Oh, good God! I'm sorry. I just know, like it's not like I don't know what these things are. Like we had them behind glass, and that's where they live. Because no one trusted us. Like, again, my mom and my grandmother lost their innocence on this idea of, of like, children. Mm-hmm. Which and we have nice shit. No, I'm just saying, they lost their innocence on this children and nice shit concept. Like, no, they're mutually exclusive. Mm-mm, no. Mm -hmm. you, you pop out a baby, you just give up having nice things. Mm-hmm. Ever. For the rest of your life, like, because it doesn't matter how old the baby gets. The baby can be 65. They're still going to break your shit. Well, that's because, you know, your your father never grew up. <laughs> Basically. Um, but no, I mean, it's just, it was one of those things. It ended early for both of them. Mm -hmm. Like, mom never could have nice carpet. Like, she gave up. Mm -hmm. She just completely flat out gave up. Well, she, she was in West Virginia. With uh, a husband working construction and multiple children. Exactly. I don't know what she was thinking either. Like, no, Mom, you can't have nice carpet. No, that's when you put in hardwood floors or tile. We live in West Virginia. We don't get yeah, carpet. Like, honestly, Mom would have benefited by having, a, having tile floors and a damn drain in every room. Exactly. At least you can hose your father like, I'm off when you got smelling too bad. No, I'm saying I'm not kidding. Mom would have benefited from this. It right. would have made cleanup so much easier because it, at various points, okay, so so you have at bare minimum, you know, out of my family, three construction workers, mm -hmm. and I'm talking in adulthood, three construction workers, and then one more that works in a construction adjacent field. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, meanwhile, back up several years. And um, while in high school, one of my brothers was racing. Race cars every weekend, all night long, drove the neighbors crazy. Mm -hmm. Oil, gas, you name it, all over the place. Um, then one of my brothers raced motorcycles, same shit, just smaller and fits easier. All right. So comment below one, okay. 
how you know if you're watching great thank you for your comments if you have a comment <laughs> comment i want to know this how many sets of gestures do you have and what's their purposes and use i'm used to the brendo system of things except mine was breakfast lunch and dinner and then of course the tea set which we still have my elegant tea set over there in a lovely case mm-hmm um, and, and then I also have to put one more question. Okay. Then I want you to comment for my own edification. Did your glasses come from a store in a set marked drinking glasses? Did they come piece by piece from, you know, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, as in you bought one glass at a time? Or did you have drinkware because jelly came in that shit and it's a nice glass? Which one? Mm-hmm. Which one? Or, and I want to know if anybody remembers when you bought laundry soap that matched your china pattern. Oh, that's going back a ways. Hey, we got an older demographic. But that's going back a ways. Again, we got an older demographic. I remember saving green stamps to get a certain set of china. Oh, see, don't bring up that story. You start a war. Why do I start a war? I have told you that story. I understand that one. How do you think that came to be? Uh Uh-huh. Green stamps. Uh Mm -hmm. Mm Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It was Mm -hmm. gorgeous china pattern. I'd kill my father. Oh. No, see, my grandparents did that for the four original grandkids, i.e. there was a point in which there shouldn't have been another grandkid, but I had to come along. They didn't even try. (laughs) Like, it was beyond that point of life that, like, there was not getting a fifth set of dishes yet now. I have no problem with this. None whatsoever. But there wasn't inadvertent war started over one of the sets uh-huh uh yeah yeah uh that that was no so yeah green stamp uh dishes just just as a side note is like i'm still traumatized there was so much anger Oh, oh, good God. How many? No, Brenda. Good Lord. Is she on the $25 a month? <laughs> she should be on the $25 a month Patreon package because she can, like, she came from money. Well, no, which no. glasses? The jelly gas station in boxes of stuff ones? The drinking glasses? The aluminum ones for outside summers? The bar drink ones? The crystal that only came out on special occasions. See, that's too many goddamn glasses. I've actually you owned all those. I inherited all those. You have overglassed yourself. Well, it's like there's teacups, there's coffee cups, and then there's work cups. Oh. You have overglassed yourself. Like, mm-mm. Uh-uh. no, we own that much dishes and glassware. I like I need a Rosario. <laughs> That's all I'm been saying. telling you I need a Rosario. Remember the aluminum sets from the bucket factory? No, I yes. do not. I don't. 
I got nothing. Like, do you know how close, though, I've come from picking up the aluminum ones at Kroger? Those were the those are the new ones that dent easy. We're talking about the ones you could throw at somebody and they just crack them in the head. <laughs> but no, no, I don't remember these sets. Yes, I do. There may be a setup of the camping stuff. Oh god, no. There's more crap. Oh, why is there more crap? It's my father. Like I said. <laughs> Guess what I was opening up a treasure trove that we have to go and deal with this summer. God. Why? I'm gonna add a whole nother bar underneath there. Oh, or a whole no. other room. Huh. What is with y'all? Like I've already heard the horror stories. He had enough glassware in this house. It not you, but your father had enough glassware in this house at one point, and I thought it was exaggeration for a while, but now I'm starting to really honest to God believe it, enough glassware to start an actual bar. And not have to wash glass for two years at profit. But you got to remember, honey, we grew up in coal camps. Everything got fucking covered by coal dust. Yeah, I got that part. Like, you opened windows because it was hot. You didn't have AC. So you had to have separate sets of dishes. Because you wash one set, breakfast set. You're hoping that the cabinet got closed fast enough for the coal dust not to blow onto the damn dishes in it for lunch. And while the breakfast set is drying, you got to get your dinner dishes washed up. Still, though, too many dishes. No. Use a plate. Wash a plate. Use it again. Everyone survives. Everyone wins. Mm -hmm. And then you have to have 20. You heard mom talk about the family dinners when both families came. Y'all guys talk about eating and shifts. Hell, we put up tents in the backyard. It made well, that's it my grand. That's because, well, my parents, grand, my parents bought, my grandma, uh, grandparents ended up with the world's tiniest kitchen. Mm-hmm. The I'm and I'm not exaggerating. That kitchen was tiny mm -hmm. and had a table in it. Um, like, and then there was this whole idea that the living room was supposed to be a living room dining room combo, and I'm like, bullshit. We tried it. We did. We we set it up that way, and it was a joke. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, if you're a family of exactly two, mm -hmm. like, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I, like, I, no. See, mom got tired of replacing shit and having shit broken. Like, we just got jelly jars. Mm -hmm. Like, I think mom specifically bought jelly, not because she liked the jelly. She liked the glass. She liked the glass. Uh-huh. And for, uh like, 69 cents... It's a free glass. So put up with some freaking strawberry jam. Well, you throw that in a cake and hand it to the neighbors. Yeah, or something like that. You know, yeah. I mean. But when you've got Christmas and you're, well, Easter, especially fucking Easter for some damn reason, there was always people around for Easter. Though, then again, for the longest time, I thought juice glasses were supposed to be this big. Uh-huh. And like that big around. Yeah. No, that's just what that damn um, pineapple spread comes in. Yes. 
Like, I love that shit, and so did Mom. We had enough damn juice glasses. I use air quotes. Juice glasses. Like, we could done shots all day long. Mm-hmm. Like, we could. Like, I guess did double benefit. I was thoroughly convinced for years that was the amount of juice you were supposed to have every day. Uh-huh. Like, well, you know, it's like one, one Easter... We cooked six turkeys, and there was not a leftover on the table. Oh, and we're not talking little ones. We're talking turkeys. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. No, no. But we do appreciate our baristas. You guys are amazing. You guys are fun. You keep our commentary interesting. And at least someone remembers some of the stuff this old man says. Now, we will be back Friday night, and we will be covering hot topics. There will be news in the air. Of course, Johnny Depp was on the stand today, and you're going to hear my comments about this trial. And, of course, there's other things going on in the news. We're looking at you, Kentuckians. (laughs) Oh, and then we have a fun article. We have a few fun articles. Oh, we have one that's especially fun. Yes. Should we give him a hint? No. No? Okay. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Vanna will take it away now. Um, so we, of course, want to thank Beverly Walker, Mika G, Kathy, Mary Winfield, Brenda Bryant, Ashley Guest, Shannon C, Shannon D, the ever-wonderful Lady Gwendolyn, Charles Shaw, and Dottie the Psychic. If you'd like to learn more about us, the show, or how you too can become one of our Patreon sponsors and receive all the wonderful benefits that our baristas receive, please visit us at pcspnetwork.com. Yes. All right, y'all. You have a great night. Stay safe. Stay sane. May Wi-Fi hold out. Good night. Bye. Can't stop me now